Drama City Productions presets. Immersion Rig now online. Welcome, nerd. Now generating episode 75. Featuring horror, comics, movies, wrestling. Full immersion begins in 3, 2, 1. This is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. So, Christian, over the weekend. We took my daughter to see PJ Masks live. Oh, snap. I've been seeing that <laughs> when I go downtown. It was crazy. Like, we did it as, like, a surprise and everything. Mm. It was, like, these kids' reaction to, like, these actors in these fucking goofy-ass costumes, you know, dancing around stage, was, like, my reaction seeing, like, Black Sabbath for the first time. <laughs> like, they were in a total state of just uh-huh. like euphoria like it was it was insane <laughs> it was like a full-on concert the kids were dancing in the aisles and shit I, I mean it's pj bass if you have kids it's a great gateway for like you know nerdum because it is like superhero mm-hmm. shit and everything like that uh, but i just it, i was like these people are gonna take all my fucking money like, she's been a fan <laughs> of it for like a couple years uh-huh. now but like after this i was like oh it's just been beat PJ Masks everything for the last week. I was like, this is smart. This is smart marketing. You got the cartoon, you got the toys, uh-huh. and now you got the road show. So, I mean, Jesus Christ. But, yeah, you know, I'm sure now we're going to do Disney on ice mm-hmm. and all that shit. Like, I, I don't remember them having, like, this elaborate, like, kind of stage setup, though, when I was a kid. No. For, like, my favorite cartoons. Productions have gone so way up. Yeah, like For they had stuff. Especially, yeah, I'm like, wow. The screen and shit that they had mm. on stage, like that they were interacting with, you know, like it was like this whole animated background that was changing and everything. I was like, it was like you're watching the cartoon. So, except it was like a 30 year old man in a silly costume <laughs> singing and dancing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, man, they're just stealing all of our money right now. Mm. It's crazy. Like, I think, I think the Turtles, I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had like a little road show. But I guarantee you it was not the production that you got, like, from this. So, but yeah, no, man. God damn it. PJ as long Masks. as it works better than that Spider-Man show they were putting out. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> were people, like, getting hurt? Yes. Right? Like, they were swinging Spider-Man from the ceiling. And the and, cables like, were breaking. Yeah, like, the goblin's glider almost impaled. Something, something crazy, right? But yeah, no, no. If you're a parent, try to keep away from PJ Masks. Because I guarantee you, they will make you broke. So, but yeah. But anyway, Christian, how was your weekend? Um, It went pretty well. Um, I stayed in for the most part so that I could watch E3. E3. And we will be talking E3 yes. shortly. Getting into all the ins and outs. Christian's uh, report. That's right. Well, Christian's corner. Yes. If you will. So, but, uh, but before that... We have some news, as always. Yes. Uh, up front, we've got more Batman news. Uh, it feels like we're getting news stories every week at this point from Matt Reeves' Batman. Um, especially, which is crazy for a movie that's like, what, like oh, two years out? Yes. Well, Batman point. matters. Yes, Batman does matter. It really shows you, though, because like they get like a little drop 
of a story or hint of a story, mm. there's like five articles right away posted. So, um, but we kind of, I guess, okay, a site called the GWW is reporting that there are now four villains confirmed for the movie. We were talking about that we heard that there's confirmation of the Penguin and Catwoman. Well, this site now is confirming, I guess this is through like a casting call, that we are also going to be getting the Riddler and we're also going to be getting Firefly, which is a villain we've never seen portrayed, mm-hmm. you know, on the big screen before. Um, how does that tickle your fancy, sir? Um, you know, I'm interested to see what they do with the Riddler. Uh, it, it definitely fits the whole, like, young Batman doing a detective story. Yes, yes. Um, give him a mystery to solve and everything. Some puzzles to, like, crack and everything. I, I think that makes sense for the story it mm-hmm. seems like they're going to tell. Um, and this is, a, I mean, the site goes on to say that they think the Riddler is the main villain of the story. So, which I'm glad I didn't want to see the, just the Penguin and Catwoman again. And I know we've seen the Riddler before, hmm. but I feel like that was a totally different yeah. version of the, <laughs> like Jim Carrey's version of the Riddler is not, you know, who the Riddler really is. No, I want to see something more along what they do in the comics and, um, what they did in the Arkham series where he looks... Like he's just a grungy, crazed man, just mm-hmm. obsessed with riddles. Yes, um, out thinking Batman, exactly. out scheming Batman. So, um, but yeah, no, yeah. I mean, the Riddler we got with Carrie was like basically the Joker, oh. if you really think about <laughs> it. So, uh, but yeah, no. Um, casting wise, it looks like they're looking for any actor. Um, doesn't matter ethnicity, uh, ages uh, twenty to thirty. And then for Firefly, it's basically the same thing. So twenty to thirty for uh, Firefly. Well, Firefly, I feel like it's like a like a mid level boss probably in the yeah you know just like a higher henchman, a glorified henchman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely see that too. I don't know much about Firefly except for like what we saw in the, like the animated series. So I don't really, I, I don't think I've read many arcs. I feel Firefly like with a movie involved. like this though, they're not going to give him like a big glowing backpack. And fire, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like this is probably going to be more grounded. Mm. Um, so I don't see them going that route. Because that's what he looks like yes. in the books. So. <laughs> but you never know. Maybe he'll surprise us. You know? Uh, but yeah, no. So that that's the Batman news we got. I'm sure there'll be more coming out this week at some point. So, I mean, Matt Reeves sneezed now. And, and it's fucking reported <laughs> on. Uh, we got some Ghostbuster news. Sigourney uh, yeah. Weaver. Um, has confirmed that she is reprising her role as Dana Barrett in uh, Jason Reitman's Ghostbusters. But when she was confirming this, she also kind of confirmed that Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd are also in the film. Yeah, just a couple bit actors. Yeah, no big deal, right? <laughs> she goes out, she's like, oh, it'll be good to be back with the boys and everything. And then the site like is like, oh yeah, by the way, Bill Murray and you know uh, Dan Aykroyd are in so I was like, oh, okay, because I feel like that's the lead. Yeah, that, I mean, unless I missed something, because I felt like that was like it was rumored, but we didn't have confirmation mm. on it. So um, I don't know. I'm getting more and more excited for the Ghostbusters. I'm I'm still interested. I need to see more. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I, I have no idea this what they're right? other than that car. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, it was a nice piece of work. They mm. did that in like a day. They just went in there and shot it like last minute before they actually dropped that little teaser, which was smart. Thing. Yeah, well, and we didn't know anything mm. about it, um, which was really cool. I love that when they can actually keep things under the wraps and, you know, because nowadays you get a teaser trailer for a teaser trailer, mm-hmm. um, which we saw some of that this week. Yes. So, 
But yeah, no, I am getting more excited for uh, you know the Ghostbusters movie, everything like that. I know a lot of people are turned off by the fact that it seems like it's going to be focusing on like kids, you know. But if it's in that eighties vein, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, eighties, the eighties did like kid movies so well, where you'd have like you know the kids being really like the focal point of the story and everything. Like if it, it gets a good strong like eighties vibe and everything, you know, like what we've seen with like Stranger Things yes. and you know it to a certain extent, mm-hmm. like. I, I'm fine with that. I'm okay. Where like you know Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray and Gordon Weaver kind of you know background characters just supporting the story. That's okay. It's a nice way to like pass the torch and everything. Yeah, but, just as long as it's written well, like I can't complain. You know? Yes, exactly, exactly. That's all that really fucking matters. <laughs> so next up, uh, Netflix is bringing back the uh, the adult skewed animated anthology series Love, Death, and Robots. Um, for a second season. It was a show that you actually reviewed for Yeah, us. I was honestly surprised that it was getting a second season. Were it really? I haven't, you know... Because you're a fan of it, right? I was a fan of it, but I didn't know if it grabbed enough traction with other viewers, and especially with Netflix and stuff like that. They don't put out their numbers. Yes, that is yeah. true. Where you're like, oh, okay, that did really well, huh? Because mm-hmm. you'll hear things like six months later. You know, I think, was it The Defenders? Where we just all kind of assumed that it did well, and they were like, oh no, it was actually yeah. the lowest rated of all the Marvel <laughs> Netflix shows. I was like, what? That doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense. Um, but yeah, they'll just kind of throw things out there. But I guess they don't have to answer to anyone. So. No, but I'm excited to see more stories, whatever they could put out. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be cool to see if they did continuations, but I doubt it. You know? Oh, uh, okay. Like actual like, sequels to <laughs> the stories that they already told. Um, yeah. Okay, well, I ha- I still haven't seen it, so <laughs> I've got no input on this whatsoever. Check it out, damn it. It's, it's very cool. Um, if you like Black Mirror, you'll definitely get into that. Okay. Speaking of Black Mirror, um, I, I've actually almost caught up with everything. Uh, okay. The new season just popped up, so I'm definitely going to be interested in seeing that. Man, um, we played that Bandersnatch thing that they put out, mm-hmm. um, which it's just like... Um, it's pick your movie, basically. Yeah, it's basically right? like pick your own story mm-hmm. throughout it, but then like the storyline is basically like, oh, you, the characters are aware that you were making the decisions and shit. Oh, really? Yeah. So they break the fourth wall? <laughs> kind of. In, in a very, like, it makes sense to the narrative and everything in the okay. end. And it, um, by the time you get to the end, it lets you go back and play all the different scenarios. Oh, does it? Yeah. There, I thought there was something like a crazy amount of different, like, scenarios for the movie. Where it would take you a while to go through like yes. everything. It, it was like about a two hour experience, I would say. Okay, but like, it was. Oh, I guess maybe people are talking about like watching it with a different scenario, like the movie in full mm-hmm. with a different scenario and everything like that. So, I mean, did you enjoy it overall? No, yeah, I thought it was really cool. Um, it was, you know, my uh, girlfriend's of course trying to make like all the worst decisions as possible. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to keep this guy alive. <laughs> she's just trying to kill him off yeah no do the drugs it's like no no come on <laughs> that's interesting like so do you feel like there's like a future for that medium i think it's uh, especially like with games like uh i'm trying to remember the name it's kind of like the butterfly effect where it's just like you get to choose different options i think those are great um group experiences mm. and like netflix doing stuff like that i think is a great idea just reminds me of those like pre-teen books i don't know if they had them that's what, this, that's what this is based off. Like Encyclopedia Brown, where you like choose yes. your like the path that you go down, and everything that's exactly like that. what this is about. Okay, it's um, based off a book that he was reading, and he decides to turn it into a video game. Okay, and then um, the, the decisions that he has to um, 
programming. He decides to turn into a video game. In yeah, it's, story. Yeah, he takes oh, one okay. of those types of books, and then he's like, "I'm so in love with this," and apparently the author actually lost his mind. While writing it. So this is like super fucking meta. Because yes. then you, st- as a, the viewer, get to... Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now you're getting it. All right. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm so far behind. My queue's like packed with mm-hmm. shit that I've not even come close to watching. And we got Jessica Jones actually dropping, yes. like, as this episode is going to drop tomorrow Today, on right? Friday. Yeah. yeah. So, um... Yeah, I, I, I'm going to try to find the time to watch it this weekend, you know, so we can talk about it for the podcast. But, I mean, that's another 13 episodes, you know, to, you know, dive into. And I feel like I'm so, like, series-wise, I can't even, yeah, maybe, like, there's a good 10 shows that I've started and haven't finished at this point. So. No, I'm, like, I'm on uh, Hands Made Tale right now, and I'm still nowhere near the end. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have you done Chernobyl at all? No, but I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah. So yeah. it's on the list. I think, it, I think it's only five or six Yes, episodes. it's like a six-episode series. Six so part. I'm a little less intimidated by that. Mm-hmm. I can do six episodes, I feel like, in like a sitting if I really have to. Where like when you say like thirteen episodes to me, I just get like glossy eyed and like okay, I'm, I can't, I can't handle this right now. It's more just like as adults now, we have to choose what day to sit there and binge. Yeah, well that's <laughs> the thing because for me with a kid, it's got to mm-hmm. be you know after bedtime, so I really have to. It's like whether or not I can stay awake because Nosferatu actually came out mm-hmm. this uh, past week on AMC. I really want to check that out. So. Because um, I was hoping to actually review it for this episode, and that didn't happen. <laughs> so gotta get it all in before it, end yeah. of the year lists. I know, man. <laughs> I know. I'm far behind TV series. We just won't have that, you know. <laughs> no TV shows this year. Uh, but yeah, all right. So moving on. After we went down that rabbit hole, uh, we got a lot of horror news to talk about. Yes. So Miramax reportedly might be for sale. And this matters to the horror community because it could impact possibly the Halloween franchise and also the Scream franchise. Now, we don't know if they'll be impacting in a good way or a bad way. You know, the article that I read that was on Bloody Disgusting um, was talking about it possibly actually helping the Halloween movies um, get, like, made more frequently. I don't mm-hmm. know if there's a lot more, like, red tape and everything because I think, like, Dimension also holds the rights or something like that. So it's kind of co-held right now. I'm just worried with, you know, everything that's going on with, like, Friday the 13th right now. There's still that huge legal battle going on um, that it becomes a situation like that where you're just having to, like, you know, we're getting updates every, like, three months about, you know, more struggles and there's all these false starts and everything mm-hmm. and, you know, nothing is getting... Because it's been, what, like, almost a decade since we've seen a Friday the 13th movie, if not longer Pretty at this much. point. So, um, we have, um, uh, Bloomhouse has been dropping hints for Halloween recently, I guess. Um, he did a little, like, I don't know, there was a little tweet that went out with him and Jamie Lee Curtis where, like, he's like, oh, I'm talking, we're just talking about things, you know, mm. which got everyone talking, obviously. Well, it seems like it would be a 
done deal already to put these films out. Mm-hmm. Especially after the success of the last one. Well, I guess they were actually planning on doing back-to-back at one point. Like, actually shooting. So there's a story already written. Mm-hmm. So the creators were talking about doing it back-to-back, but they are like, well, let's not, like, count our chickens before Hatch, because we don't want to do it back-to-back. And then the first one bombs, and then everyone's just dreading the second one. Which, I... It makes sense. Yeah. No, thank um, you for doing yes. it. For taking your time. <laughs> you know, but, you know, I mean, at the same time, now it seems like there might have been some issues, you know, because we're hearing that there might be a new creative team getting involved and everything. Because um, I think we reported on that, that there might be a new screenwriter and Danny McBride might not be coming back. So um, we'll see what happens. I'm sure, I feel like there's going to be news coming sooner than later with Halloween, though, with all the little kind of, like, nuggets you know it's just gonna be disney buys miramax and (laughs) starts producing horror films right when's disney gonna buy this show so we can make (laughs) (laughs) they need to get in the podcast business yes damn it (laughs) that's where the money's at said no one ever (laughs) speaking of bloomhouse they just fucking today out of nowhere made me very happy. They just announced, oh, by the way, we're doing a remake slash maybe sequel to Black Christmas, and it's coming out in December. Here's your poster. Like, <laughs> it's like, what? I love Black Christmas. Mm. I've talked about it on the show before. It's one of my, it's at least top 20 horror movies of all time for me. Um, it, it's, I, I don't know how much you know about Black Christmas than what I've talked about. It's directed by Bob Clark who did uh, A Christmas Story, Porky's, and with Black Christmas basically started the slasher genre. You know, um, you know, super influential movie. John Carper's Halloween, you know, um, borrowed a lot from it. You know, openly admitted by Carpenter. Now, did so. this come before Porky's and Christmas Story or yes. after? Yes. Came before that. Yes, 1974, I believe, is the date for Black Christmas. So, um, but yeah, no, they um, are in the works. So yeah, the original classic came out in 1974, um, and it's just about this guy, Billy, or possibly multiple people, stalking this, like, sorority. Um, Super just, I mean, really a lot of what we see in Halloween that works so well Mm -hmm was inspired by Black Christmas. So if you haven't seen Black Christmas, go ahead and check it out. Um, you know, just a classic movie. And like I said, I mean, one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Super atmospheric, just, I mean, dark and moody. Um, the little blurb that they put out about Black Christmas was interesting because I can't tell exactly what it's going to be about. Like, I don't know if it's a remake. I don't know mm. if it's a sequel. But here, I'll read it anyway. Um, so, in the new film, Hawthorne College is quieting down for the holidays. One by one, sorority girls on campus are being killed by an unknown stalker, which sounds exactly like the original Black Christmas. Uh, but the killer is about to discover that this generation's young women aren't willing to become hapless victims as they mount a fight to the finish. So that last part makes me feel like, is this like, is Billy back? Like, are we getting like a sequel here? So I don't know what they're going. We did get a remake in like, I think like five, ten years ago mm-hmm. called like Black Xmas. It's a fun movie, but it 
like I wish it was called something else because it has nothing to do with the original movie. Gotcha. Um, it, it totally like it's not in the spirit. Like it's a mindless like slasher movie that goes a little over the top. Um, it's fun but ridiculous. So, uh, but yeah, no, I, I was super excited to hear this though because basically Bloomhouse, you know, I feel like they've got a great track record and this movie means a lot to me. So I'm glad that it's in like capable mm-hmm. hands at least. So people you can trust. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, it just sounds like it's in the vein of a spiritual successor, where it's not like a soft reboot. Yes. That. I mean, I guess that's like the new like fad in yeah. Hollywood, where we. That's can how you do keep this. everyone that's already interested while also getting new people. Yes, we're gonna nod to like the original, but do our own thing. So, um, it's got a talented cast already around it. I know, uh, um, Alicia Shannon from Charmed. Um, and Brittany O'Grady from Star, Lily Donahue from the Goldbergs, um, and then uh, Caleb Edge Edgehart um, is in it. So they've got a full cast. They I don't know if the movie's in the can or what. It is a, like a smaller scale movie, so they mm-hmm. could totally like done this in like a month and just have it you know done and ready to go. So um, and then Sophia Takala Tak. Takala, Christian? Takala? Takala, maybe? Um, she is directing, and the script is written by April Wolf. So, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they've already, like, it sounds like the movie's done yeah. at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the editing floor, probably. Yes, yes. You know, for them to make this announcement, I mean, that's awesome that they could just, like, oh, by the way, you know. Because <laughs> we didn't, like, literally nothing. Nothing. And that doesn't happen very often. You know, it's kind of what we're talking about with Ghostbusters. I like that. I like the fact that we, you know, didn't hit the, like, you know, Hollywood, like, reporter first. Mm. Like, you know, there's a rumor this movie's being made. And then we get, like, oh, this person might be directing and, like, having to go through weeks and weeks of different rumors. And then, you know, we eventually, you know, get to, like, oh, the movie's in production. Now, this movie sounds like it's actually... Like, mm. done. Like, oh, we made a movie. <laughs> it sounds very Bloomhouse style to just drop it. Yeah, that's like awesome, that, though. So. I like that. I enjoy mm. that. It reminds me of, like, back in the day where we didn't have the internet. <laughs> and shit just came out. You didn't find about movies until, like, the trailer hit. Like, you're, like, about to watch Return of the Jedi and there's a trailer for, you know, the new Indiana Jones movie. You're like, oh, shit. Look at that. You know? Actually being excited for trailers, you know, like at the, and now I go to the movie and I see a trailer. And I've seen it like six times oh, already. Yes. So like, we also are no going so- to the movies a little too much this year as well. Yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. So, well, speaking of trailers, Christian. Yes, Damon. Rob Zombie's Three from Hell. We got a trailer, maybe not really. Maybe like finally a, for this film. Five second TV spot. Yes, it's a little <laughs> disappointing. I'm not gonna lie because Rob has been teasing the trailer or basically doing a countdown. Mm-hmm. You know, the man is a master of social media, so he knows how to work it. Um, but he was basically doing a countdown, like oh, one week away, and then every day we got a countdown. So when he dropped this, everyone's kind of like, eh. It's kind of like a fart in church where it's like, okay, Rob, this isn't really a trailer, man. Mm -hmm. This is a a teaser trailer at best. Because I want to say almost like 40% of it seems like it's just using footage from Devil's Rejects. 
So, I mean, we got a flash, like a couple flashes of new scenes, mm-hmm. but no story set up or anything like that. I mean, it's not like it needs this, you know, insane story set up for, you know, No, but I feel like... We're, fi- we're following the Fireflies. A new audience would have, like, zero interest in this. Yeah, not if you don't know anything mm-hmm. about it. Um, you know, maybe he's just not worried about that. He figures I'm catering to a certain demographic and a certain group. But, you know, you're right. If you don't know anything about, like, if you haven't seen House of a Thousand Corpses or Devil's Rejects mm-hmm. and you just saw this, you'd be like, what the fuck is this? And you just move on. So, um, you know, from the new footage that we saw, I thought, you know, the guys with the luchador masks were cool, you know, with machine guns. That was kind of cool. But, you know, other than that, is- I'm a little I'm a little worried that Sid Haig isn't in the movie that much. Because um, we also, with the trailer, we got, like, a soundtrack um announcement i think it's by mondo um you know they always do like the albums and everything like that mm-hmm. and they do like insanely awesome like like artwork for the movies so they did albums for uh house of thousand corpses devil's rejects and for three from hell but they had all this like really great artwork you know shit that you know could have been in the trailer that <laughs> like oh hey look at that like, I felt like I got more, like, about the movie out of the artwork from Mondo than I did from the actual teaser trailer, which is ridiculous. But there's a scene where it's got Otis and, you know, um, Baby hanging out with, like, this new character, like, in the desert. And it's not, and Sid Haig is nowhere to be mm-hmm. seen. So I'm wondering if he's going to go the ways of, like, you know, Mother Firefly. And he's just kind of in and out of the movie quickly, which would be disappointing. Now, he's older. He's, you know, looking very frail lately, you know, unfortunately. Um, and he's got to be in his mid-70s, I'm guessing. So I'm wondering, like, maybe it's just like he couldn't do, you know, as much as they wanted him to do. Um, he was a hulking man, even, you know, in Devil's Rejects. So, and this is supposed to literally take place, like, right after um, Devil's Rejects. Yeah, I read that. So I, I thought that was interesting. Like, well, how are you going to shoot around the fact that he's like, it looks like he's almost like 70 pounds lighter um, and much older looking now. So, because Devil's Rejects is what, 10, 15 years old at this point. It was I think it was mid 2000s. Mm-hmm. But I remember when that was coming out and yeah. everyone freaking out. Yes, yes, yes. And I love, I love, I love House of Thousand Corpses and I love Devil's Rejects. So I, I, I'm definitely in the bag for this movie, but it I need some Captain Spaulding. So I will be a little disappointed if he's only oh, in it for a little bit. This blurb says he's definitely a part of the film. Yes. Well, Rob had to come out and basically say, no, mm. he's in the movie, guys. <laughs> Don't worry. But he didn't say how much he's in the movie. So that that's why I'm a little like, eh, okay. Um, but he also said that we're going to get a full trailer in July. So I'm sure he'll do another countdown. And that the movie should be coming out in September. So it's kind of like, oh, here's a movie, which, I mean, I'm guessing it's probably more of a direct to, like, you know, on demand and, like, Blu-ray and shit, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe a limited release in theaters. That's what I'm kind of guessing. So we'll see, though. I would love to see it get, like, a wide release and everything. Yeah. But after this trailer, I I can't imagine. Yeah. (laughs) I agree. agree. It feels like he's doing a lot of this on his own, Mm -hmm. too, which, I, I mean, good for him, but... I don't, know. I don't know. I hope he has the story, though. Yeah, because he always said that if he came back to it, it was because, you know, he just creatively had nothing else. So, you know. That's and, not uh, good. When an, artist, <laughs> when an artist says that, it always makes you worry. But he said, I think he said that after House of Thousand Corpses, too. Yeah. 
So, you know, and he was doing Devil's Rejects a couple years later. So who knows? We'll see. You know, hopefully he found a story and everything that he wanted to tell. So, but uh, on the trailer front, we got a Dr. Sleep uh, teaser trailer. Yes. And this was much more of a teaser trailer, a real teaser trailer. Like me. I need you to listen to me. The world's a hungry place. A dark place. Hi there. I only met two or three people like us. They died. When I was a kid, I bumped into these things. magic I I always called it the shining um Dr. Sleep is a sequel to the shining um written the book was written by Stephen King thank God because if this was a studio produced you know sequel to the shining everyone be shitting on it including me um but this is a story that Stephen King had, wanted to tell, and I'm glad that, you know, it's. it seems like it's actually... In the book, it's gotten rave reviews, so it is pretty crazy. Oh, has it had screenings? The books, no, the book. Oh, okay, I thought the you The book did. Yeah, I haven't read the book uh, myself. I own it right now, and I just have to dive into it, so... Um, you know, it's on the queue, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this is going to be following an older uh, Danny Torrance... Um, and he is basically meeting up with a, num- a younger lady who also has similar like powers as Danny. And he, uh, they're being, I guess she is being basically, um, sought by this like cult group. Um, and I guess the leader of the cult is called like Rose the Hat. Um, and she's coming after they They basically, um, attack innocents who have the shine, if you will. Um, and you know, like, it seems like they drain them of their powers. Um, and it's like, they're on this quest for like immortality or something. So, and it's, Danny's still very much traumatized from what Mm. we see in the trailer. Um, and you know, it's basically him trying to like, you know, save this girl, but at the same time saving himself, it seems like. So, um, I don't know. What did you think of the trailer though? I thought it looked awesome. Right? Um, I was surprised, like, at how good it looked. <laughs> I know. Like, I wasn't expecting any... Like, when you think, you know, sequel to an old horror film, sometimes they just kind of... Like, what we got with Pet Cemetery, They just kind it of try to change it up. It's such a classic, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, for me, I love Pet Cemetery, But this is, like, almost next tier, you know? To, so to tackle that, you know, is such an undertaking... You know, I mean, they're lucky they have, like, a Stephen King, mm-hmm. like, actual written novel to base it off of. And this is probably, like, the best time to release anything with his name on it. Yes, yes. So. I'm sure the studios were thinking the same mm. thing. And this is actually going to be directed by Michael Flanagan, um, and he worked on the script and everything, to adapting the novel for the movie. Um, Michael Flanagan did um, Haunting of Hill House for Netflix. He did Oculus. Um, and then he also did Hush, and he did Gerald's Game. Okay. So, which is a Stephen King um, hmm. property. So, um, yeah, I like. I mean, like you were saying, I was surprised, like, like how great it looked. Um, I was at first, 
I think the one critique I had, it I felt like they were using too much like shining footage. Um, to and I was surprised by that because I didn't know if they were going to try to distance themselves. You know, um, you know, I knew that they would want to use it like in the marketing to sell the movie. Mm-hmm. This is a sequel to The Shining, but at the same time, like they were like it. It seemed to me at the time like they were using straight up footage from The Shining, but reading an interview. Um, I think it was done by Bloody Disgusting once, a de- once again. Uh, they, uh, he said there's only one shot from The Shining. So they recreated yeah. a lot of the Overlook Hotel and everything. And they do it beautifully. Yeah, they really do a great job. Because mm-hmm. there's like scenes with like Danny running down the hallways and everything like that. Um, we see the twins. So, I mean, all that shit was redone. So, I mean, that's awesome. You know, they have a great scene with Danny, like, walking up to, like, the bathroom door that we saw Jack, you know, crash mm-hmm. through with his axe, um, you know, and it looks like the bathroom door. So, and there's a lot of that, like, of you know, in the book I know of that, like, Danny's just being haunted by that day, you know, his time at the Overlook and everything like that. So, I want to see how far they go with everything. Yes. You know, so I'm, I I don't know, but so far so good. It looked it looks really mm. well done. Ewan McGregor is Danny Torrance, which a phenomenal actor. Um, he doesn't make very bad choices ever, <laughs> you know, role wise. So I, I you know, I, he must have really believed in the project. I was curious too, um, like how they were going to frame this movie because I know the novel is a sequel to Stephen King's novel. Mm-hmm. But it felt it felt like, you know, from the trailer that this was more of a sequel to Stanley Kubrick's, you know, Shining, which, you know, I mean, every horror fan knows that there's, like, a big difference between the two, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I didn't know, like, what he would do. Because Stephen King's book, there are characters who lived that didn't live in Stanley Kubrick's Shining. So I didn't know if he was going to, like, you know, oh, we're going to, you know, act like, you know, Stephen King's materials, you know, the only thing we're, you know, basing this book off of. And, you know, but like, no, they're they're basically trying to, like, you know, put their, you know, feet in both worlds, it seems like. They're trying to do the, like, happy marriage between both materials because they he had to sit down with Stephen King mm. and really, like, pitch to him and try to, like, you know, get his, like, blessing for him to also use like Kubrick's stuff and everything like that, you know, things from like even like the like room number because the room number is different in the book than it is in the movie, the Shining movie, because Kubrick uh, they had to deal with like the Stanley Hotel where they couldn't use that room no- a room number that would actually exist because they were scared that people would not want to stay in that room, which is hilarious. Yes, because now people that's the only oh, room yes. people probably want to stay in. <laughs> So, but, uh, but yeah, just little things like that, you know, he had to worry about. So. Well, that's great to see, though. You know, it doesn't mean that they're just going to rush out some product to make some money. Mm-hmm. They're actually considering all fronts, you know. Yes. And it's more kind of what we were talking about, like, you know, soft root reboots mm-hmm. and, you know, like, you know, the, you know, these kind of like new age sequels almost, you know, a sequel without being like necessarily a sequel. It seems like they're kind of like going that route with this. Um, you know, I hope it's not, it doesn't get confusing for an audience, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, it's definitely a line that you have to toe, um, especially with the character stuff. Cause that's the most interesting. Like, how are you going to, like, if people are going into only knowing the movie, they might definitely get lost when all of a sudden a character shows up 
who, you know, we know died originally. Um, so we'll see how that works. But, you know, like I said, I mean, from what I saw and everything like that, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely stoked for this. Yeah, um, and so this all comes the performances seem like solid throughout the trailer. And I mean, <laughs> considering like the, the other trailer that we looked at this week, I mean, this felt like we got, even though this is a teaser, we got such a solid story base throughout the entire thing. Yes. Where we you actually know. knew the premise of the yes. movie. It felt like, <laughs> you know, without, I mean, they didn't really dive into it, but mm. like we, we could kind of piece together what we're going to get without like reading, you know, every fucking. Like, if you, you had know, told me this was just a regular trailer, I would have believed you. Yes. Um, you know, one thing that he said in an interview was like, you know, this isn't going to be a modern horror movie. You know, if you look at The Shining, you know, if you went up to someone and said, oh, what's your favorite jump scare? You know, there is no jump scares. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's kind of what he meant by like modern horror movie was like Shining's more psychological. It's not about like jump scares. And he's like, this movie is very much like that. I think that's you something know? that's missing in the genre right now. Absolutely, I agree 100%. So I think it'll be kind of refreshing to see that storytelling again where, you know, you get that classic, like, early 80s, late 70s, you know, horror movie where it's a kind of a slow burn mm. and it's psychological and everything like that. It's about atmosphere. And no, mood. I think that's one of the things I felt when I was watching the trailer. It was like, all right, this isn't going to be just a horror film mm. or, you know, like popcorn horror flick. Yes. You know, this is something that you're going to think about, something that you're going to sit through. And experience, you know. Yes, exactly. It's more of a film. I, I hope it doesn't lean too heavily on, you know, Danny's experience and then can tell us, like, a, you know, show us something new mm. at the same time. But just use that as kind of, like, framing for the movie. And, you know, I mean, call back to it, obviously, and it's going to be part of Danny's story. But at the same time, let's show us something new and give us a different story. Oh, yeah, I really want to explore this girl and what she has to do. You know, experience throughout this, uh, especially like she comes in so hopeful, like yeah, you have magic too, don't yes, you? And yes. Like, no, this is a let dark. me tell you about your fucking magic. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> is there a little boy who lives in your mouth? You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. So it, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it, I definitely one thing that I was really excited about too was the music that they had going because mm. it seemed like a great like homage to you know. Kubrick's, you know, score, but at the same time, like, you know, offering something new, you know, it definitely felt like it was in the spirit of that. No, yes. So I, I was, I, I really dug that because at the end they kind of cue back to like, you know, Kubrick's, like, you know, what he used. Um, you know, I don't know, I can't remember the guy who actually did the, you know, um, yeah, the composer, the composer of the score, but you know, it, it definitely, you know, feels like it's going to be in the spirit of the original, which mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy to see. So, But yeah, that's coming out in November. All right, we talked about a, a little earlier. Uh, E3 was this weekend. Yes. Uh, Christian's Corner, by the way. Christian's Corner. Cue um, the music. Yeah! More importantly, this is my big reports on everything that happened. Um, man, it was, a, it was an interesting, you know, press conference-wise. I mean... It's it was lackluster for most people because there wasn't many surprises. Nothing too big came out of it. Um, we have you know a lot of studios that are at this point where we don't really need a trade show mm-hmm. for video games anymore, especially with YouTube and everyone being able to put on their own like recorded performance. No like um, cringy you know um, cheesy fucking, cheesy yeah. shit going on. It's it's easier to just hey. We record our own shit, we put out a video, 
everyone loves it instead of you know them making meme compilations of everything that went wrong every year okay. you know because you were saying that last year, right? Mm. Where a lot of people were choosing to do their own kind of like press conference and everything. Yeah, like Sony has its own experience. I think Microsoft has its own little thing, but they still come every year. And um, then we're seeing that kind of with like um, like the San Diego Comic Con right yes. now, where like they don't even know what the hell's going on with like Hall H mm-hmm. this year because you know Disney kind of like does its own thing now, and you know other places are like, well, no, we'll do our own convention. We don't need to, you know. We have such a different like sources of like information now. We don't need. Yeah, and well, and then nerds like us are going to flock to whatever exactly. these people do. So like, spread the news. Yeah, for we're it. not going to share. <laughs> you know, so we're going to do our own. Especially like a, a you know Disney. Mm-hmm. You know they own everything at this point. We'll have our own convention. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, all right. Well, starting off, uh, EA had their uh, was it EA? Yes. EA you tell had... me, man. Don't <laughs> I have no clue. Well, there was one where I didn't see it on the schedule, so I didn't know it was happening, and I found out hours later. I was like, oh, EA already had their shit. Oh, okay. Um, so, so you EA had to go back and watch yes, it. Yes, I had to okay. go back and watch it. Um, did their press conference first. Uh, they showed off uh, what they were doing with Star Wars. Okay. Um, with uh, Jedi the Fallen Order. And we got like finally. a gameplay trailer, yes. right? Um, they gave us about 13 minutes of gameplay, and so... Um, Saw Guerrero uh, is helping out the main character. And I everything. saw that. I saw mm-hmm. that. Is uh, there younger. any other characters that are going to be? Um, they haven't alluded to too many others. Okay. It seems like he'll be like your main connection. Yeah, that's but, what uh, it felt like. He was like the big reveal. Other than the villain, of course, uh, the sixth sister, I think it is. Okay. Um, that's she. Isn't she a um, an inquisitor? Inquisitor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, and she. I. She's directly from Rebels, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, because that's I. I was like, oh, that's a chick from Rebels, um. But that yeah, that's awesome, man. I mean, I'm excited to see. I love mm. the Inquisitors. So I don't know if you got a chance to check out that video that I posted, but the, uh, the actual trailer. Yeah, yeah, I did see. I watched the. Trailer. Uh, I mean, a lot of the stuff that you can do is really cool. I think the only thing I'm missing is like the actor performances. Uh, I haven't seen anything that's really like you know made me like. Oh man, I'm going to be so immersed in this story and everything. Mm-hmm. Now it is Star Wars canon. They have mentioned. They have said it is going to be canon to the franchise. So I'm going to have to play it no matter what. Yes, obviously. <laughs> you need to know what happens. Exactly. Right? But um, so what is? Can you set it up? Like what is basically happening? Where he's like a, a another Jedi. He's a Jedi in hiding. You know, he's kind of trained. Like he wants to train and everything. Uh, I think his. The only other Jedi he's with is kind of like giving up her ways and everything. Um, and I think something just sparks. There's a moment where he can't hide himself any longer mm-hmm. and he just starts this journey of um, going, like starting kind of part of a rebellion against uh, the newly formed Empire. Okay. And, and at the time, you know, they're still hunting all the rest of the Jedi that exist. Okay. And um, the rebellion seems like it's going on, but there's no Jedis involved. Not yet. This is uh, definitely before anything that happens uh, in Rebels. Okay. It feels. Okay, yeah, Saw looks younger. Oh, he's very much yeah. younger. Yeah. Uh, on the gameplay that showed us, uh, that they're going to um, Kashyyyk, and uh, the Wookiees are enslaved, and they're trying to um, take some natural resource there. I guess it helps with some type of weapon that they're in development for. And I guess the whole point of that mission is to... Um, 
you know, rescue all the Wookiees. Now, who's the uh, protagonist? Who's the, the uh, actor that's portrayed? Um, it's uh, the guy that plays um, Jerome from Gotham. From Go- who's also in Shameless, right? Yes. Now. Okay. All right, we can't think of the actors. I can't We're not going to Google it right now because it's 1 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> exactly. Um, Everyone else has Google. I mean, come on. I know he can act, and that's the one thing I'm just, I haven't seen anything that feels compelling, you know? Now, do you I, think you'll get like a story trailer? I mean, this felt more of a, like, like a straight like gameplay, mm. like just like you know, it, it had a little, a few elements of the. Story I'm, I'm assuming there'll be another big trailer before like the game. I mean, usually there's about four or five trailers for games. So. Okay, yeah, kind of setting up the story. Mm. I mean, I thought for me it looked awesome, but no, yeah, know. there's there's fucking mo- like he has um a time manipulation uh, power. It seems like he's able to slow things down, oh, which wow. is something I haven't really. Explored too much. That might be expanded universe shit right there, right? (laughs) Uh, But one one of the cool things he did was he stops a laser in mid flight, and then he pulls the stormtrooper in front of the laser. That's awesome. Um, Because we've seen Kylo do that. Yes, but we've never seen him pulling shit. But I mean, but he could. He it's never been like said as time manipulation. Yeah, like like, just there's a guy with a flamethrower and he's like trying to attack him and he like slows him down. Wow. Okay. Whereas everything else is moving fine. So I don't know where in lore all this fits just yet. I'm sure it's there, though. Yeah. I'm sure it's probably a deep cut, but it's <laughs> uh-huh. probably there. So you remember people attacking fucking Ryan Johnson, and then he was like, no, look at this shit. Yes. You pulled out the encyclopedia <laughs> of the Jedi Fallen Order, and like, no, here we go, chapter, verse, and, you know, the exact passage mm-hmm. of exactly what he was calling from. So I'm sure they do their homework. No, uh, one of the important things I think I got from all of this was, while like most games, it's like you hit one button, then you do a whole like the character will do a whole chain of animations. They stated that everything is under your control, so you hit a button and you have to hit another button to choose what he does as an action. So you're constantly like changing the flow of everything, all the animations. So gameplay wise, how does that? I mean, does that excite you? That excites me because it's not like I'm you know hitting one button over and over again and he's doing a bunch of cool shit in front of me. Okay. You know, I'm more involved. That'll allow me to like make more decisions. I have to think more about what I'm doing. Okay. You know? And I think that draws you in more. It makes sense. Um the rest of EA's conference was more of just like this is all the stuff that we've been, you know, we've had out for a while. It wasn't anything too exciting. Um it was uh more of um Battlefield and uh more FIFA all, all their money makers, you know, mm-hmm. um, well, what used to be money makers, uh, just kind of redisplayed out. Um, so it wasn't too big. The biggest thing was, of course, Star Wars. Okay. Um, it didn't surprise me. I mean, there's not much for them at the moment. Uh, the next day, of course, was uh, Microsoft's big press conference, and which they are the biggest studio there at the time. So it was it was interesting to see. You know, um, they did show off. They didn't show off necessarily, but they did. Announced, yes, they are making a new Xbox and everything. Um, they kind of talked into what Project Scarlet is and stuff, but they didn't show off anything. Okay. You know, whereas... Like, they just we, talked about it? Yeah, they just kind of talked about it and said, hey, yeah, we, we have the best guys working on the best things. Believe you know. us. <laughs> Trust us. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, that's We're out. That's fine and dandy. <laughs> you know, um, the things going on in the industry right now is, as I said before... You know, they're pushing more towards cloud gaming mm-hmm. and being able to cloud, like play on any type of device. Um, 
they rolled out a new uh, subscription program for their like um, their like gaming service, which is kind of like uh, you get this and then you can play any of these games on any device at any time type of deal. But what was cool about that was um, you know fourteen ninety nine and you can do it on all the device like PC, Xbox, and this. And, uh, like, on the future cloud service that they were going to be doing. Okay. Um, so, basically, it was just kind of, like, all bundled together. Real nice package and for a relatively decent price. You know, uh, which I thought was, was great. I was expecting, you know, because the original one for that was $10. So, the fact that it only went up four more bucks. Yeah. Instead of becoming a $20 service. Now it is, right? You know. <laughs> That's not bad at all. Especially when you're paying for Hulu now, $30 plus and... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, big things out of Microsoft. Um, trying to think. Outer Worlds, I think, started off the press conference. Oh, um, Cyberpunk showed up, uh, which is next year's probably biggest game. Uh, they were the... CD Project Red is the studio. They made Witcher 3, which was their last big title. Mm-hmm. Um, the Cyberpunk game is kind of like... Uh, they had a teaser last year. Right? Yeah, they had a teaser last year, and then eventually some gameplay came out mid year last year. Uh, it looks amazing. Okay. It's like it's it's open world. You're first person. You make whatever decision you want, kind of type of game. Um, it's almost in the vein of like a GTA or something like that. Okay, but um, much more in depth storytelling and role playing uh, experience. Um, the big thing though that came out of it was Keanu Reeves as a actor. Yeah, people game. lost their shit, huh? Yeah, and that was all that kind of really came out of that. You know, it was that Keanu Reeves is in the game. Is he like the main like character? Um, it or? seems like he's a main side character. Okay. You know, um, his name is Johnny Silverhand, and I think uh, what's his name? Johnny Silver something. Silverhand. I think Silverhand <laughs> or something like that. He okay. does have a missing arm, a metal arm. Okay. Um, Johnny New- Mnemonic. That <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of. Um, the, that movie's you do horrible, see, by the way. You do see his name <laughs> in the character creation as like a mentor option. Okay. For your, like, uh, as one of your starting mentors. And so a lot of people have been thinking, what if this is just like an AI that's helping you, like, Along throughout the game? Through the start, like a guide. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, he does people were really excited about it, though, because mm. I was seeing fucking article after article about <laughs> he it. He has this moment when he comes out, um, someone yells, you're breathtaking, and he points back, you are breathtaking, too. And apparently that guy got actually offered a free copy of the collector's edition of the game. Wait, 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 wait. start over again. This is a moment that actually happened... On stage. On stage, and someone said, you're breathtaking to him? Yes. And, <laughs> and he points back, uh, you're breathtaking too? Like, it was, uh-huh. it, was a, it was a nice moment. Okay. It was funny. So, and then he got... He and got on Twitter, they like announced, hey, you know what would be really breathtaking? If we gave you a free copy of the collector's edition. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I thought would be amazing. So now everyone's going to go to these things just yelling shit out at people, right? <sighs> That's the fear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you should have saw the Bethesda press conference. We'll get there. Where it was just, it felt like they Christian, put in. Christian, I think you're breathtaking. <laughs> <laughs> I know I am. It's really weird. Uh, okay. <laughs> that guy actually turned down the game copy though. He was like, you know, it'd be better if you guys um, donated this. Donated some. <laughs> we already assume it's going to be a great game. Okay. Um, Fair enough. Wow. <laughs> donated a um, go kart to a charity. 
go-kart. I guess there's a special racing charity out there. Okay. Like, well, dude, you're really kids. pushing it now. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> game was, doesn't cost as much as a go-kart. It was a nice thing. Yeah. To put out there. Um, <laughs> now yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I think the collector's edition is like $200. Oh, shit. What comes with the collector's edition? You get a edition? statue. You get um, the soundtrack. Um, all this extra like artwork that comes with the game. Really? Wow. It's a, it's a high quality statue too. Okay. <laughs> so they do up these collector editions. Yes. All right. All right. Well, then that's nice then. So yeah, that was like the biggest game that they showed off at the time. There wasn't any gameplay for it. Um, a lot of the stuff we're, well, we're going to come into at this point, no gameplay really this year. Um, it's just because we're in this transitional period mm-hmm. where new consoles are coming out. So they're holding on. To all their shit till they can really. This is an event that needs to be like every other year, maybe. Like yeah, it feels kind like of. this. Is, they're they're really stretching it. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of these, you know. I mean, they're do they're going through the motions. It feels like we're just putting on press conferences to like because that's what you do. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. That's how it feels at this point. All right, and that's why I feel like a lot of them are breaking off and just saying, "I don't need to do this anymore." Yeah, we can just do our own. Mm-hmm. So everyone, I mean. We have YouTube, so. <laughs> so. I mean, how how long has this been going on? This uh, E three. Um, I think it's around eleven or twelve years. Okay, okay, which I mean, the social media landscape has changed quite a bit mm. in that time. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, it almost becomes obsolete <laughs> at this point. I mean, if you the the first one is like hilarious compared to now, where really? it's just like. Um, someone with a giant like satchel on the side of them holding the console in it, and they bring it out for and the first time. Like cheering. Yes. Like, Look how small it is. Right. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, what else did we get out of it? Uh, the next conference was Bethesda. Um, they had a lot of ground to make up for last year because uh, Fallout seventy six wasn't that great of a title. And that's kind of what all their eggs in their basket were last year. Oh, know? really? So Fallout 76 came out, mm-hmm. and everyone was kind of... I can tell you, Damon, I've put maybe an hour into that game, and I just... I don't know. Wow. I, I wasn't that interested after that. Wow. So it really fucking shit the bed? It's just... you you They lost a lot of the, the traditional feel of a Fallout game when they took out... Like, they took out a lot of the core elements of the role-playing with NPCs and everything there. So basically everything in the game is other people. Mm-hmm. And to have a decent experience, you need pretty much a big group of friends with you to play and like kind of create the world as you go. Okay. And, and because you know a lot of these players either aren't going into the game with that or they're you know, it felt like a hollow experience in a way. Yeah. There's so much less content. Interesting. And, and over the time, they've built it up. You know, they've been putting out more and more stuff and everything. Uh, this year, they announced that they are bringing back um, human NPCs, which is like um, just human characters that you can play around with and deal with mm-hmm. in the game, uh, which will, I mean, they'll probably see a, an up boost of players from that. Okay. But um, it's still nothing that I thought. Do they have to win people back? Um, I think they need to win a lot of their audience back at this point. Um, yeah, it sounds like it. The games that we're waiting on really is the next Elder Scrolls game, which um, I have you you've heard of Skyrim, correct? Yes. Um, that was the last big one that they had come out, and now it's just kind of like you know it takes them like five six years to make these games, so 
It's been quite a while. Okay. But these games are meant to last. Uh, they're they're saying that the next Elder Scrolls game will last you like twelve years. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Content wise, <laughs> or like because you can just keep replaying it. And it's fucking balls. You say games can entertain you, keep you like you know it's invested been, for twelve years. It's been ten years of like Elder Scrolls Five, man. Wow. Uh, like. Skyrim is so like replayable. It's outlast people's like marriages and shit. <laughs> like, that's insane. Skyrim is just such a replayable game, and there's okay. so much you can do to it, and the and there's such a huge community that adds their own content to it. Mm. That just like that's how this game is meant to be, you know. Okay. Uh, so that's I mean that's kind of what we're waiting on. Those are the big uh, one of the big titles that's just not out there. They did show off some cool newer games that they're putting in production, but again. No gameplay, just a lot of concept footage and like, here's what's gonna be coming, but you know nothing yeah. to get really. So this again kind of shit the bed for them. Yeah, you know they didn't have anything to really give us. So is it better off for them just not to do the press conference if they don't have enough? Honestly, if I would have maybe like... not have done Bethesda's conference this year. Okay, you know I feel like there was no point to it. Like we don't have anything for you right now, you know. Mm-hmm. Show up to our YouTube channel in you know a couple months. Exactly, and we'll have more you know content for you to show off. They but did show off the next Doom because you don't want to turn people off. You yeah. Know? So, but the next Doom game, Doom, Doom. Oh, yes. okay. I thought you said Dune. I was yes, like, uh... really? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Sting in it. <laughs> um, okay, so Doom. Okay, uh, Doom Eternal. So it's kind of basically Doom Two. Pretty much. Okay. Um, I don't know if you ever were a big Doom guy. That's the where you're running around and it's first person you're shooting people. Yeah. Right. It's one okay. of like those originals. Yes. Yes. I I don't think I was a big like, Doom <laughs> guy, but I know of the game. Um, basically, the sequel is just like I know, you know of the movie too. <laughs> I still enjoyed that movie. It is. You it's a would bad enjoy movie. that. <laughs> <laughs> I made my girlfriend watch it. She was like, why'd you make me watch this? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> are you trying to break up with me? <laughs> the Rock's in there, right? Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. The big no. thing about that movie was like... I saw that in the theater. Nice. I did see that in Good the job, theater. man. Yeah. Oh, man. You know I, you loved it when Halfway went... through, I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? You know you loved it when they went first person and made you feel like you're in the game. Oh, my God. <laughs> But do you remember the marketing for that, where it was like um, the Rock was supposed to be like the hero of the movie? Yes, and, and they kept you a yes. secret. Yes, and then it was like, yeah, that he's the villain. Right? <laughs> yes, I do remember that. So still not clever enough to keep you engaged in that. Oh, uh, I enjoyed it. That it was a good piece time. It was a good of time. shit film. <laughs> but no, Doom looks good. The game looks really good. Yeah, well, I don't I, trust your opinion now. <laughs> oh, okay. it, it feels no di- for me. It doesn't feel much different from the first one, which was just a. You know, full just bloodbath of an experience. The last game just got so much critical acclaim; it made sense that they would make more of these. So <laughs> yeah, right. And, and I'm it surprised. Just, so there weren't that many Doom games. No, there has been. Okay, they just kind of like rebooted it, but in a way where it's like it's basically the last Doom game was a complete reboot of the first Doom game. Okay, and now they're kind of on that track. Kind of like how Mortal Kombat 9 was like a restart of everything. Okay. In a, in a way. Okay. I get it. All right. Well, I mean, so, okay. What else did we get? Um, there was the PC gaming show, but fuck it. Nothing really happens at the PC gaming show. All right. I watched okay. it. There was a couple good games, but most of it was like, eh. Really? 
Feels like the whole conference is kind of eh. <laughs> well, speaking of eh, we uh, got to Square Enix. Okay. Um, they showed off Final Fantasy. Okay. And Final Fantasy. Are you a Final Fantasy guy? Uh, not really. Okay. So that means that... They this, got a big following, I know that. It's a massive following. Um, the remake of Final Fantasy VII looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I might actually, for the first time, check out a fi- full Final Fantasy game. Alright. So I'm like, oh, this is That's saying cool. a lot, though, right? But the press conference was Final Fantasy, and then Final Fantasy, and then, hey, guess what? Final Fantasy. <laughs> and, um, it was just an hour of Final Fantasy, and then we finally got to the game I was I was looking forward to. Uh-huh. I was interested in to see what they were doing, especially, you know, after Endgame. Uh, and that was Avengers. That's right. Yes. Okay, I did actually check out this trailer, too. So, what uh, was your thoughts on the trailer? I was very underwhelmed. I wasn't like upset with character design or anything like that. I was more just underwhelmed by the detail in the game. Okay. Like this was the CG trailer and it didn't blow me away in any way. You know, it felt like there was just very muddy animation and muddy character designs. Well, the for me like right away I was like what is going on with mm-hmm. these characters cuz they didn't even get close to like and I understand you know I mean licensing and everything like that they don't have the rights to the care you know the actual actors and everything I understand that but like there's ways around that there's a middle ground mm-hmm. you know I'm a toy guy you know a lot of times you know the movie tie-in toys don't necessarily get the likeness rights you know for actors but they, they'll do their best, you know, where it's like, it's close enough. This wasn't close enough no. at all. Like, <laughs> Did you see Tony? It like cosplay. Like, it was oh. like, who are these cosplayers? Like, Did you, you see know? Tony's, like, long hair look? Yeah, it was just bizarre. It looked like the kids that I went to middle school with. Like, were you, like, were you, like, I mean, were they scared to get sued? Like, I mean, they went so far. No, because this is completely licensed by Marvel. So why? I don't get it. I don't get You've got all these fucking, you know, you've got so much source material to pull from. Mm-hmm. You know, why wouldn't you fucking try to do, like, you know, another, a famous artist's, like, you know, or, or hire someone, you know, to do their version of those characters? I mean, the comics are all there for you, or you can pull from that. And, you know, Marvel's not going to sue you. So they're getting money from this. Yes. Not- <laughs> and it's not like you have to pay the artists, you know. Uh-huh. I mean, Marvel fucking, you know, has that over them. So I have no idea what happened here. Because, I mean, like, there was such a build-up after um, Spider-Man, which was made by a different team. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't made by Spider-Man. Oh, so this is actually done by the same people who did Spider-Man. Um, no, not it's not the same people that did Spider-Man. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. It was a different game team, so I can't say that, you know, oh, they're going to put is the same Is the same company, of... though, who did Spider-Man? No. Okay. Right, so um, <laughs> Insomniac did um, Spider-Man, and then Square Enix is doing Avengers. Okay. And um, I don't know, man. The, just the difference in what we got. Like, because Spider-Man is just has so much detail. Um, they put in all these landmarks, the Avengers Tower, you have Baxter yeah. House, you have every, like... I give them, I mean, I give them kudos because the story that they're telling, I feel like, takes balls to tell. Mm-hmm. Like, so there's, some of that happens where, you know, the Avengers basically fail and then, you know... They're basically disbanded for five years, it seems yes. like. Captain America dies? Yeah, right? That's right. They don't mm. show that necessarily, right? But they no, show but like they a allude big, to it. Yes. They have a mural for him. Yes, yes. So, I mean, that's a that's a that's an intriguing story, I guess. But, like, everything wrapped around that, the execution, was 
very lackluster. Yes. So I, I definitely agree. And like just once again, the the character design was jarring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, wait a second, what is going on with these kids? Like, I don't know. I don't know what they were going for. So I mean, you have so much source material to pull from. Yes. You know, it, it feels like it shouldn't be hard. It really it does. So I mean, I, I it, they definitely you know need to go back to the drawing board <laughs> but now is this game like close to come out like do they have time it's coming out like next year so there's 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 probably not going to be a going back to the drawing board okay wow they're gonna they're gonna ride this out if anything hopefully they'll make it more detailed okay fair enough but until we actually see gameplay there's there's no saying you know what it's going to really look like um bruce looked good you know I hulk look good i guess <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Black Widow, though, man. It looked like her aunt or something like mm-hmm. that. Like, I was like, wait a second. What the hell's going on? It's just no version of Black Widow that I've ever seen before. Tony, like you were saying, felt wrong, too. Like, mm-hmm. it was like, okay. It's just unrecognizable. So, I, I don't get it. I don't I mean, know. Hopefully, the performances just make up for it. Yes, and you were saying that they got a lot of like mm-hmm. well-known voice actors. You know, I, I recognize Thor's voice right off the bat, whereas he must do the cartoons or something like that, yeah. or been in like multiple animated like you know um, projects. Because I I definitely recognized his voice. So, um, but yeah, hopefully that's enough to save it. Hmm. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, I don't know. There's there's only time will tell. But I mean, that's how they ended their conference. You know, yeah. was on that note. Wow. Um, next up we had Nintendo. Nintendo does what Nintendo does best. Uh, they don't really come there anymore. They just put out a video package of here's what's coming. Here's um, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Um, Luigi's Mansion 3. Um, more characters added to Super Smash Brothers. Um, uh-huh. I think there was just a couple more games announced, but beyond that, it was nothing too like, for me, I'm not a big Nintendo guy, so it okay. didn't do much for me. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean... Sure, Banjo Kazooie is now in in Smash Brothers. Okay, I'm not gonna do. I don't even know about. what the fuck that is. Grisha. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Banjo Kazooie? Yes. You never heard that game? No. 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 Mm. I've never heard. It's of like that a well. good old classic PlayStation game. Really? Okay. Yeah. And now Nintendo has their. Well, maybe not PlayStation. It was a Nintendo game. But okay. either way. Okay. All right. No. 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 I know Crash. Like, Crash. Yeah. Bandicoot. Like I know that. Yeah, it was, it was, Star Fox? Similar to that. Yeah. Star, Star Fox, Fox is already in the game. Is he's he's like a main character for Smash Brothers. Oh, really? Yeah. Good. I like Star Fox. Hmm. That's a fun game, too. On the N64. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> I'm sure there's been like... I think they recently had a newer um, Star Fox game, and it just didn't land well. Really? Like, they, uh, the level design wasn't that well. Okay. Alright, well, All right, well uh, just... It was kind of a lackluster year. It's just because... So that was it, huh? I mean, for the most part, yeah. Uh, there's been little things announced, you know, throughout the week, but nothing too crazy. Nothing that we were like surprised by. Nothing like yes, like last year when Cyberpunk was like announced. That was a huge, a big announcement, big surprise for everyone. You know, um, it came like they hacked onto the screen, everything. Oh, I'm forgetting Ubisoft. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, Ubisoft had their panel, their uh, press conference, and the big game out of that was Watch Dogs um, Three. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to see this, but it's kind of like any um, non-enemy character that you run into into the game, you can play as. All so, right. like, um, the whole premise of Watch Dogs is that you're a group of hackers, and you're kind of just, like, fighting, you know, the system and everything like that. 
Um, and this one is kind of like a post-Brexit world and like okay. how that's affected London and everything. So you're kind of like living inside London after Sounds Brexit. Like a little too close to home. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty dark. Okay. Uh, they, they have a very apocalyptic view of what it'll be like after Brexit for London. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was it was very cool to see, like, you're not only just playing as, like, you know, assassins or, like, athletic people, but you can jump into Grandma. And, you know, like... Oh, really? Okay. Um, each person has a profile. Does it give you a reason to do that? Yes. Um, jump into Grandma sounds dirty, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Leave Grandma out of this. <laughs> No, um, while you're walking around town, like, um, one of the parts of the game has always been that, uh, like, on your phone, you can um, identify what people's skills are and stuff like that and what they've done throughout their lives. So, like, as you're part of this hacker group called DeadSec, you can recruit these people, mm -hmm. and everything is generated. So, like, um, what's it called? Everyone has, like, a backstory. As soon as you enter this person it gives you a backstory mission to do and everything gives you a reason for this person to be in the game why they would be a part of dead set all that stuff okay so like and i think that's awesome i think that's cool that it's not just like sounds like that denzel washington movie um what's it called the fallen is it the fallen <sighs> So the serial killer is like jumping into different bodies <laughs> and everything and denzel has to like you know figure it out no but i mean each person has their own hey person. man that shit's good shit i, I don't <laughs> i'm not complaining i'm just saying i think uh -huh. that's i think that's great it's a different experience in a game where you're not just like one character throughout the entire time you know uh, yeah i think it's a it's a new experience um other than that it was kind of similar to what ea had put out which was just kind of a lot of the same. You know, like, um, just these, here's the games that have already been out. We're doing expansions, we're doing DLC, we're doing all that for them, you know. Um, and we'll have new stuff coming soon. What about the Blair Witch uh, game? That was um, for Microsoft. That was a okay. newer title that they announced. All right. Um, it looks like a... Uh, it looks good. I mean, I've seen a lot of games, horror games like that okay. in the last few years. So it didn't That's really why it's not like... Peak your interest. As yeah. a horror nerd, I was mm. like, oh, what's this? I was surprised... I was like, it looks better than the last movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised that it had a name like Blair Witch behind it, so I don't know how like tied into the films it'll be yeah. or anything. I, I, like, I was thinking Blair Witch when they show the guy in the corner. Uh -huh. I was like, oh, that's very Blair Witchy, but maybe they're just inspired by it. And then it was like, Blair Witch. Blair I was like, Witch. oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it feels very much like you're a guy with a camera running around a forest. You know, that's, there's, there's a bunch of those right now. Or okay. at least in the last five years. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hmm. Well, fuck what I think then. <laughs> hey, man, if you're interested, I'm willing to have you play it on stream for I, me. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't need to embarrass myself in front of everyone. But, uh, all right, well, I mean, so overall, just... I give it a C for effort, you know? Really? Wow. Okay. Um, Halo was, was good, you know? It's... Not, right. nothing, nothing too crazy. You know? Nothing too crazy. Okay. Which nothing I think you were kind of saying before. You didn't mm -hmm. think there was going to be anything huge coming out of it. So, all right, man. Well, I mean, I guess that's kind of disappointing, right? Because <laughs> I remember last year the cyberpunk thing being the big thing. Yeah. It was a big, you know. I, I mean, I'm still excited like for the games that I was excited for last year. But this didn't do anything to make you more yeah. 
you know, hyped for these games. So I'm like, I was already gonna buy Cyberpunk. <laughs> you already have my money. <laughs> I don't need to sit here for eight hours watching your fucking press conference. Dude, Keanu's on a wave though, man. Isn't he? Like yeah, it really does feel like <laughs> Do you think it's John Wick? It's it's either John Wick or it's the memes that were out beforehand. Yeah, you know? maybe it is. Like, cause he's getting like Chuck Norris style memes now. You know, I'm seeing a lot of shit like that. You know, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I guess I just don't see it. I, well, I've never been a huge Keanu guy, so not only is it one of the biggest movie franchise, but now his likeness is in two is in two of like the high selling games ever. Like it's in Fortnite that you can play as John Wick in Fortnite. Really? Did I ever tell you I was in a mosh pit with uh, Keanu Reeves? No. So, yeah. So, I was... <laughs> he's a big Anthrax fan. Oh, he's okay. actually uh, friends with Scott Ian. Um, Anthrax, when they originally got back with their singer, mm-hmm. Joey Belladonna, um, they actually did a show at House of Blues in Chicago. Like, it was like one of the first times on stage. Um, there was a bunch of people there, but one of the people was Keanu Reeves. Like, someone was like, Keanu Reeves is in the fucking mosh pit! And I turned around, and Keanu Reeves was there. So, I mean, it was I mean, he wasn't, like, slamming into people or anything like that. No, but you totally... Elbows and knuckles. But, no, he was standing there, which is pretty... I mean, this was probably early 2000s, so he definitely wasn't on the way... This is after the Matrix mm. movies. So after like the third Matrix movie. So I don't wow. think he was riding that wave. It went back down. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but it was still cool to uh-huh. see someone like of his status. And you willing totally to back like... elbowed him in the face. Oh, I went right after him. <laughs> like I said, elbows and knuckles. <laughs> no, no. I just thought it was cool that he was like just hanging out with, uh-huh. you know, us peasants in the pit. So it was pretty cool. Well, but, fuck yeah. yeah. You know, he seems like a really nice I'd guy. I've been talking about that for the rest of my life. Yeah, but I <laughs> I never was a huge Keanu Reeves fan. I like him in Parenthood, um, Point Break. But where he killed me, you know, and just broke my heart was Dracula. He almost single-handedly ruined that fucking movie. So, and I love everything else that's going on in the movies except for his performance. So, I mean, I, I think I hold a little grudge with Keanu because of that. But, I mean, when he know like, when he's just typecast to be Keanu Reeves, then it's fine. But, yeah, no. When he tries to stretch his boundaries and, you know, kind of, like, act outside the box, it, it goes horribly wrong. Well, ignore everything Damon's saying. If you want to be on the show sometime, <laughs> you want to talk why why Dracula was a good film. So you really think Keanu Reeves is listening to the show right now, Chris? I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm not going to put it past anything. I mean, that was 20 years ago, mm. so I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I just he needs to kill some time. He needs to shoot some yeah. shit about some nerd uh, stuff. Right, right. Talk anthrax with us. Um, but exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah. All right. Well, spoilers. Speaking of bad movies, we saw Dark Phoenix yes. over the weekend. Christian, you like podcasts. I love them. I love podcasts. Have you heard of this new PodCoin app? No, I haven't heard of it. It's available for iPhones and Androids right now. It actually pays you to listen to podcasts. Really? Yes, yes. You get digital currency for listening to your favorite podcasts. But what could I even use digital currency on? Gift cards, um, Amazon, Starbucks. I believe they even have Target. Um, You can also use that digital currency to donate to your favorite charity. If you want. Wow. If you're actually a good person. 
unlike yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to really look into this. I listen to a lot of podcasts, damn it. Me like, too. Daily. And I mean, you might as well get paid for it, right? Exactly. Um, and right now, if you go ahead and use the promo code NerdShow, you get started off with 300 coins. That's a good deal. Right? Doesn't get any better than that. So I would stop doing what you're doing right now. Well, wait till the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and go download Podcoin. All right. The pod player that pays. Jean, why don't you start at the beginning? Something's happened to me. Something I can't control. And it scares me. It feels good. She'll kill us all. A girl dies. Get down! Are you threatening me? Because that would be a bad idea. And now, our feature presentation. So, Christian, what the hell happened? What went wrong? <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't even, we didn't even talk about this off mic, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, you know my thoughts already because I saw it before you, but I'm almost assuming that you weren't <laughs> a fan of the movie. <laughs> I, will, I will say, because I went into it with lowered expectations, uh-huh. I don't hate it like everyone else. Yeah, I just okay. feel like it's a two-part film with no third act, um, and it felt like it was in the middle. It's like a middle franchise film that would have fit on TV better than the big screen, or just not existing, <laughs> or not existing. <laughs> so you're saying that you felt like it would have been better as a two-part film? No, I'm saying that it just was a two-part film. I'm Where, saying it's. It feels like, like it's two missing. Halves. A third act. Completely. Oh, I see. Okay. We're like, just two instead acts. of having a fight with the final villain between Gene and the final villain, we just get them hugging it out pretty much and going into space. Yes. And ending and it. And just exploding and sparkles. It was like the weakest ending to what was already a weak film. Now, I, I, will, I will agree. Like, the first half hour for me, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this isn't horrible. Like, I, was, I wasn't hating the movie. It wasn't great by any means. But I was like, okay, this setup is not bad. Um, but by like halfway through, I don't know what the hell happened. Like the dialogue just went into the shitter all of a sudden. It felt so underwritten. Just, I mean, you have these fantastic actors, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, this is nothing against their you know performances because I felt like everyone brought their A game. It's just what the lines that they were given. You know, it felt like they were literally making up the script as they went along. Like the actors were just <laughs> yeah. totally like improv. It felt like children on the playground, like playing superhero. Like, like the dialogue felt like stuff that you would hear kids say. Like, no, stop, don't. You know, like, I'm going to use my power to do that. Like, just shit like that. You would hear a fucking like eight-year-old say, you know, pretending to be the X-Men. Um, like there's the one scene where it's Magneto and, you know, uh, Phoenix, uh, Jean Grey, like basically fighting, playing tug of war over a helicopter and they're having to like, you know, pantomime, like using their powers, but it goes on a little too long where it becomes almost comical, you know, where it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, Magneto looks just constipated and everything like that. Like they couldn't like add any effects or anything. It literally feels like it like runs out of money, like halfway through, mm-hmm. Um, it, like, I understand that they wanted to go this, like, grounded route, but 
I mean, this wasn't the way to go, you know, especially after Last Stand. You know, I don't know if this movie is worse than Last Stand. I almost want to say it is just because I was more invested in those version of, versions of those characters where, like, I haven't really gotten to know, you know, this Jean Grey. This and this, true. like, because really we were introduced to them in Age of Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And that movie was, you know, a hot piece of garbage. So, uh, you know, and I felt like they didn't really introduce them completely. Like, we don't get to know. We didn't spend any time with those characters. So for this to actually matter and for me to be emotionally invested in these characters, they just didn't do enough. Where I, you know, when you said two-part, I was like, that's actually what I was thinking. I felt like this could have been two movies. Where they, like, if they decided to tell this story over two films, maybe then this could have worked. Um, Which I felt the same way with Age of Apocalypse, where they just try to cram, you know, this huge story into, like, an hour and 45 minutes. And it was just too much. You know, we didn't really get to know Apocalypse and everything like that. And then, speaking of, like, that movie ends... With Gene using the fucking Phoenix Force, basically, right? That's totally teased at the end of the movie. She turns into the fucking fiery bird to defeat Apocalypse. But then the star of this movie, like, she doesn't have that power. Like, that's not, you know, like, they Didn't set think about up. That. They set up <laughs> that she gets the power in space. Which is a long time, you know, fan of the comic book. I thought that was cool that they went with, like, you know, the original origin. The problem is, and this is spoilers all over the place, but at this point, I figure no one's seen this movie after seeing the box office um, <laughs> over the weekend. But, you know, they they don't do anything to set up what the Phoenix Force is. Mm-hmm. So we don't even know what this power is or what this is about. We don't get into, like, the whole, like, you know, mythology around the Phoenix Force. You know, not even, to, like, towards the end you know, the villain who's very vanilla, very bland. And a complete um, waste of Jessica Chastain. Yes, right? Um, you know, basically gives us a few lines how, like, the Phoenix Force destroyed her, like, you know, world. and But for some reason, she can control the Phoenix Force and she can absorb it and she wants it. And I, like, I didn't get it. Like, I was like, what? Why? Why would you? Well, I, like, at first I was like, oh, they're hunting it. They want to kill it. But it didn't seem that way. Like, it feels like they were trying to harness the power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because she says it can create life. So they want to re, like, pretty much turn Earth into their own planet. Oh, is that what they're doing? That's that's what I got With the Phoenix life. Force? Mm-hmm. They're okay. going to kill everything on the planet. and uh, Maybe I just checked out at this point. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was until, like, the third act. You know, or what they were calling the third act, I guess. Uh-huh. You know, so I just, I, I just stopped caring halfway through the movie. You know, like, I mean, they give Magneto, like, he's, like, I feel like he's shoehorned into the movie. Like, he's just there to be there because all these movies have to have Magneto in it. Mm-hmm. Um, they give him, like, the most ridiculous motives to go after, you know, Jane and, like, put his people in peril where they have him, like, set up once again, you know, living off the map and, you know, trying to live a peaceful life and turning the page and then we find out, he finds out Gene killed Mystique, you know, which was another waste of the moment that was completely spoiled and ruined by the trailers mm-hmm. and everything like that. And it could have been a bigger moment, but it felt like Jennifer Lawrence just was like, I'm done. You get me for a half hour and She's that's been it. Done for a while, right? so. 
But yes, Magneto gets thrown into this again, you know, um, and because she killed Mystique, who he's tried to kill multiple times, he's going after her. Mm-hmm. With the help of Beast, who just goes completely off the rail as a character, even though he's the most intelligent X-Men there is, he just loses complete all rational thought and it's like, we have to kill her. You know, she killed my girlfriend, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get if he was coming from like a scientific like standpoint, well, you know, this force is too powerful or whatever. But even then, it was just such a betrayal of that character where I just couldn't like, you know, I was like, okay, I can't buy it anymore. I just didn't think of him as the beast from the comics. I completely disassociated him in this film. That's fine. But he even as a character like we saw in first class, it totally like because I went back. After seeing this movie, and I actually watched First Class, <laughs> and I watched uh, Days of Future Past, too, because mm. I was like, I have to get the taste of this movie out of my mouth now. <laughs> you know, I have to, like, were those movies that good that, like, you know, this just feels like such a betrayal of, you know, what they could have done? And it, they were. Like, those movies still hold up, and it, it, it just, it feels like they just didn't, like, it feels like they almost didn't even see those movies. So, um, I know this was the director's first, like, actual, like, feature film and everything like that. And it felt like he was overwhelmed by it. Mm -hmm. Now, there was a lot of, like, production issues going on. Um, Script-wise, especially, they had to change a lot of stuff. Um, Because, of course, nowadays, it seems like right when a movie, like, fails, you get this huge, like, PR push of everyone basically covering their asses. So the director's out there kind of explaining, oh, we had to deal with this, we had to deal with that. And it seems like, you know, the actual studio starts leaking things, you know, that had to be changed and everything. I mean, it was also box office wise. I mean, Age of Apocalypse did fine, but it was a flop, you know, critically. So I don't think anyone was interested in this movie being even made. And then Mm -hmm. knowing everything that's going on with MCU, you know, this movie doesn't matter anymore. You know, so it really does, you know, feel disappointing and just pointless <laughs> for us to go through. But they deserved better in yes. the long run. You know, they deserved better. And hopefully they're going to get better. Hopefully. But my fear is that since this movie flops so hard, you know, and everyone now has this, like, bad taste in their mouth, is Marvel and Kevin Foggy going to be skittish about introducing, you know, the X-Men anytime soon? Into the MCU. I don't feel like they're going to be skittish about it. I think they're just going to play their cards. Like... Close to their vests or... Like, I feel like they're just going to wait for the right moment. I feel like he has zero worries about him... uh, About the MCU being able to make a successful X-Men. I feel like that's... I feel like he can do it and everything like that. I just worried that, like, he... You know, Disney is going to see this and be like, Well, why do we want to do this? Like, we're doing our own shit now. Like, I mean, everything we touch is gold. We can take characters like the Guardians of the Galaxy and turn mm-hmm. it into a, su- a successful franchise. Like, why even mess with something that's tainted at this point? So that's my fear. And hopefully I'm wrong. And hopefully, you know, I'm sure he's got a blueprint for the next 20 years mm-hmm. of movies. And nothing's going to, like, you know, get him off those tracks. But, you know, that's my fear. That Disney's going to be like, no, you're not touching that shit. <laughs> not for a while. Um, you know, which might have been the plan in the long run. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, but yeah, no, I just, I mean, let, let's go back to the movie quickly. So, Professor X, how unlikable did they make him in the first, like, act of the movie? Oh, he's a total douchebag. Yeah, I was like, he was always, 
you know, what was one of the cool things about First Class and everything like that, They, you know, you kind of see, like, almost like, you know, the more uh, a more human side to Professor X. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Patrick Stewart's version, it's very iconic, stoic. He's, like, fully developed already like that. And he's just almost just, he's the franchise, you know. Um, but you don't really get to see him, you know, fail or, you know, any, like, flaws in that character. But that's why First Class works so much. But then this turned around, and it's like they didn't understand, like, you know, but he's still a good guy, <laughs> you know, where, like, here he's, like, you know, just a glory hound, mm-hmm. you know, putting, like, his whole team in peril just to be on that stage with the president at the end of the day, you know, receiving a fucking medal. That's really what it felt like, you know, and I know it was in the name of, you know, getting good press for, you know, mutants and everything like that. It was just absolutely ridiculous. I was like, wow, he's a fucking jerk. And even after fucking uh, the funeral, you know, where he wouldn't like, admit that he was wrong. Yes, like he still won't admit that he made a mistake. I was like, wow, this feels like a different character. Um, man, what else can I fucking bitch about with this movie? <laughs> There's a lot. Oh, okay. So at the end of the day, fucking uh, Beast, right, goes after Jean Grey, mm. hunting her down to murder her, right? He all of a sudden, after a rousing speech by, you know, James McAvoy, he turns around and, you know, has a turn of, you know, uh, ideology in, like, a, a flash. You know, well, him and... Um, Magneto, Magneto, right? It was like, what? <laughs> While they're Fine. on the train, right? Fine, whatever. But then they, like, fucking give him the keys to the castle at the end of the movie. He becomes the headmaster of fucking <laughs> the X-Men after that. Professor X retires, and then Beast takes over. I was like, the guy who was just going after this fucking, you know, teenager to kill her, <laughs> you're going to put him in charge? I, it also felt weird that right? they would name the school after her during these events. I think that was a nod to the comics. Yeah, but it just comics. didn't feel like it was Also, the right I time. didn't think Gene did enough to warrant yeah. what, like, ha- like, I felt like they didn't go far enough. You know, like, they should have had her at least wipe out a fucking town or something. You know, in the comics, she fucking kills a planet. Mm-hmm. She takes out a fucking planet, an alien race. You know, and that what's, that's what puts her on trial and everything. Um, you know, the hope for me as a comic book fan was, like, we were going to get more of that story. But instead, I felt like they even went more grounded than Last Stand. And Last Stand was already too grounded. Mm-hmm. So, because, I mean, you remember, like, the first trailer, we were like, well, they're just remaking Last Stand. What the fuck is this? And that second trailer got us kind of excited because they started showing us, you know, oh, they're in space. We're getting X-Men in space. Awesome. But, man, that was just fucking smoke and mirrors. Like, that's not what we got at all. <laughs> and I guess they actually had a conclusion to this film where it did take place in space, but they changed it last minute. Because it was too similar to other, like, superhero movies out at the time. So there was a lot of, like, weird... And this could all just be, you know, PR fucking, you know, bullshit. Trying to, like... Jean's on a different planet and then she hears on your left and portals start opening. (laughs) (laughs) So hopefully Doctor Strange wouldn't grab this version. Uh, but yeah, no, it just, there was, um, also, I guess, um, they had scrolls originally in this movie. Huh. So they were going to use the scrolls, but then I don't, one, I don't know how they would have the rights to them. Yeah. Um, and then there's supposed to be, uh, 
there was a possibility of bringing, like, the Fantastic Four into this. Like, they were going to set up, like, some kind of, like, crossover movie. So it feels like they hit the, you know, like, the they had to go back to the chalk, chalkboard a lot. Um, you know, which is fine. And that happens, though, with a lot of movies. So I can't, you know, give them the, you know, pass. No, there was an idea to do X-Men versus Fantastic Four down yes. the road. And then the Fantastic Four fucking flopped, yeah. and they were like, no, we're not going to do that. We don't want to do anything, you know, remotely close to that. So, because they were going to try to do their own, like, you know, oh, we're going to have our own, like, you know, cohesive universe and everything with these heroes. And no, then Fantastic Four happened. Yes. So, um, just boring, bland, you know, vanilla. It just really did nothing for me. Um, Quicksilver just disappears. Yeah, disappears. I was going to bring that up. I'm like, where the fuck was he? Yeah. <laughs> Your most interesting character just disappears. Nightcrawler all of a sudden gets his bloodlust and becomes this demonic monster. I will say I enjoyed the action sequence of the train. Yes. Did you know that was a complete reshoot? They, a reshoot? They, they went that back. That was never in the film? They went back and they added that because the lack of action. So I was like, <laughs> what did the movie look like before this? Because that was totally... Because it feels like a different movie. Like, when they get on that train and everything, mm-hmm. you know, it feels like a completely different movie. Now, that it's not worthy of, like, a finale of a film no. like this. But, you know, it it had its moments where it was a cool action sequence. But, yeah, that was a complete reshoot. So they, they obviously saw the final product and was like, oh, what the fuck? We need yeah, something. I was, I was happy to see Nightcrawler get the bloodlust in this sequence and stuff like that. <laughs> Actually, it's something it entertaining, though. Yes, but it's not. It, it's not Nightcrawler. Okay, I, at that point, like nothing he's with fucking slaughtering people and smiling like all sinister. All of a sudden, you know, like I mean, it was like his dad. All of a sudden, you know, and, and I guess it does mirror what happens in First Class when we actually see his. Uh, what's his dad's name? Ari. Um. God damn it! It's on the tip of my tongue. Whatever. It's like, isn't Azazzle? it like a Azazzle? There we go. That's right. Azazel. Like, mm. it was very much like mirroring that sequence where we actually got introduced to that character and seeing his power set and everything. But, like, I don't know, man. It just was a little too dark for Kurt. Like, I don't know. Even though it was aliens. You know? But, like, the... I mean, how fucking beige and, like, just boring were those, like, the aliens? Like, did you feel like they were even a threat? Well, here's the thing. Hollywood needs to stop making action films with villains that we can clearly see can kill people in two seconds. It bothers me so <laughs> fucking much that we keep getting these action films and it's like the aliens show up and they go up to these people and they just twist their hand and their entire insides yes. are gone, you know? Yes. Well, you would think it's too, like, like, okay, well, the, the hero's power sets protect them against that. But it doesn't. But, well, they okay. wouldn't have. Here's another thing. Magneto's power set. It just feels like it fluctuates and, like, it's all over the place. He can't affect the aliens. All of a sudden, like, he, you know, can fucking, like, tear apart trains, but then when he's, like, trying to get into that building, he can't just bring down the fucking building? Mm -hmm. Like, there's so many issues with just Magneto's powers alone. You know, I just, I don't know, man. This was a, and then, like, the characters that they choose to, like, have him hanging with, 
you know, and Genosha, like they bring, they make up a mutant, the fucking hair whiplash dude. Okay. Who's like the most fucking generic. He's not even a real character. They made him up. You have this rich fucking catalog <laughs> of mutants to pick from and you make one up. I mean, that's fucking ridiculous. And then uh, they use Celine, who's just a total fucking waste. She's the character that we're seeing in Captain America right now, who's like the vampire who's like sucking out energy and everything. Oh. Yeah, that's the same character. The fuck? Yes. So they, they, yeah, they use her. And like, she's like, right? Would you even know that was her power set? No. So she's like, you know, hundreds of years old and all that. Like, no. Like, they just took like the idea of the character and like, okay, whatever. That sounds cool. No, I was surprised that this was like another second that could even (laughs) um, compare to him at that moment, too. I was like, how is he having a mind battle with someone not winning? You know, that yes. isn't Gene in this scene. Yes, right? Like, what? <laughs> but they don't set that up at all. Like, no. you don't have any clue who this character is. No, yeah, and the whip guy was ridiculous. Like, yes. Horrible. Is this the worst movie we've seen all year? <sighs> What's the other worst films that we've seen this year? I don't know. I feel like there's quite a few at this point. Hellboy? Ah, oh, no, Hellboy is worse. I don't know, man. I really I don't, don't think like this Hellboy. is... I, I feel Do you like think is, that this is Venom bad? You know, for me, I think because there's so much be- like history with the characters and everything, it's close. It's close. You know, I mean, I, I, hate, I was an, I hated Age of Apocalypse, mm-hmm. um, but Age of Apocalypse is ten times better than this film. Yeah, I definitely found a lot more enjoyable stuff. Yes, yes, there are moments where it was at least entertaining. Mm-hmm. This movie had none of that whatsoever. Why would they, like, just throw away Mystique's death in the fucking trailers, too? Like, that mo- that whole scene could have been a bigger moment, too, and mattered more if we didn't know it was fucking coming. They could have, like, teased it and made it seem like she was going to kill Xavier. Like, they, they could have just made it seem like, oh, we're pulling a last stand, and then, That's what it, and then it's a it twist. It did feel like they were going to go that route. At, uh, for me, I thought they were going that route, and then, yes, the, it, you know. But why why throw it away in the trailers? Like, once again, I don't understand what these studios are doing. Because <laughs> that would have been a decent-sized moment, you know? I don't know if it's enough to, like, get you into the movie and get you more invested, but I don't know. But we knew it was coming, mm-hmm. so it didn't really matter that much. Um, but yeah, I know this review's all over the fucking place. But <laughs> <laughs> I took a lot of issues with this film. Yes. So, it just... It, it just truly disappointing. I mean... I think we're both apathetic towards the film from the get-go just because of everything that was, you know, I mean, we knew what was happening with the studios mm-hmm. at the time. It got pushed back multiple times. Um, I guess partially because of James Cameron and your... Uh, Alita. Battle yeah. Angel. Yeah, I guess he was terrified of, like, it opening on, like, the weekend they originally had planned, so they flipped it with Dark Phoenix. Which is a hundred times better film. Yes. So everyone's aware. Yes, and I'm glad that they did, for it's because it sounds like it did well enough where it might actually get a sequel. Um, where Maybe. Dark Phoenix where didn't... Yes, knock on wood. <laughs> Dark Phoenix doesn't deserve any of that. Uh-oh. So And now we still have to deal with new mutants on top of everything. I am new mutants. I'm wondering if that movie just gets canned. No. I, I feel like it would. You know, after this, yeah. I'm wondering if they're even, like, we're not going to waste time advertising mm. this film or anything. Let's just put it on Hulu or give it to Netflix or something. Like, trade it for, you know, some popcorn or something like that. 
Some movie passes. Just Maybe like, it's a who, limited Whoever wants it. <laughs> I'd still see it, though. I'm still I'm curious, but, like, I'm terrified, too. Like, I mean, I don't trust him now. You know? I, I, I don't know how you could. So, obviously, they don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I guess a lot of the producers who are originally with, you know, the franchise, with the X-Men franchise, weren't really part of this. Even though their names are, like, you know, all over the, you know, posters mm-hmm. and credits. They didn't really have much to do with this film. so Or they're just saying that. Yes, yes. Because I just, <laughs> I love the barrage of articles that come mm-hmm. out. And it basically is like the studio saying. What was like, it? Hellboy did the Trying same to, thing. you know, like, basically, yes, alleviate blame. Like, pass out. Like, oh, it wasn't this person's fault. And I knew this was coming. And, you know. But, man, what a hot mess. <laughs> just, they deserve better. They really did. Because the, those X-Men movies, I mean, we wouldn't have the MCU as we know it without those X-Men movies. Because it really showed you that you could, like, these superhero movies can make money and they could be done. They could be mm-hmm. executed, especially a teen movie, because that had never been done at that point. So, I mean, the X-Men movie doesn't get enough credit, I feel like. And people forget, like, because it does feel so small now, comparatively to, you know, the movies we get nowadays when you go back. But, I mean, the franchise, I mean, it was big at the time. You know, X-Men and Spider-Man, you know, I mean, they don't get enough credit. Um, so it's truly disappointing that, you know, they're going to end on this note. Yeah. So, I mean, really, I'm just going to forget this movie ever happened and just, you know, think that Logan, pretend Logan <laughs> was the last movie. Especially after Logan. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> My know, man. God. Well, yeah. if you had to give this movie a star rating, David. One. <laughs> I'm going to give it one star, Christian. Um, I'm going to give it two. Okay. Where, where are you basing your two on? You know, um, I, there was some good action sequences. Um, Besides the train. What was the other sequence that you liked? I, I liked when she finally started... I love that I'm arguing with you. I'm trying to argue your score <laughs> down. <laughs> You're a liar, Christian. <laughs> I liked when she started actually like fully using the powers... They're all running at her. She's just turning them to dust. And then, my thing, you don't even know what the fucking powers are. No. <laughs> that's, that's like the first inkling of like, oh man, she has this awesome power. And that's why I was expecting this, this huge movie fucking fight. was like an extended first act. Exactly. Like, just a first act, though. I wouldn't even give it two acts. Like, it really is. It's just a fr- like The you- only reason I say it's two acts is because they have... Because it was Jean an hour and getting minutes. the powers <laughs> and then her going on the tirade. I, I just... Oh, man... They should have had her wipe out a fucking town at least. And then for, like, the present just to turn on all mutants after that? Like, what? Well, I could I could see that happening. I guess. One bad incident. Just happens. one bad... After they just That's saved America, that man. space shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, I will defend the timeline a little. A lot of articles are, like, bashing the timeline, how it doesn't make any sense. Like, I feel like they missed the point of, like, Days of Future Past. Yes. That's people an alternate timeline, you know, that completely. But so people are like, well, how are these characters going to turn into, like, you know, what we got in the first episode? It is funny to think about, though, yes. where it's like, this is like 10 years apart. It's like, I don't know why they <laughs> chose to date the movies. It's just really, like, why? Would, I guess it was more of like, okay, well, we can, you know, it's cool, we can have cool set pieces. Yes, and everything we can like make that. these period pieces as well as on top of it. And I guess know? that's kind of really, it started with first class. Mm-hmm. 
but it just it really fucked people's minds up, man. Like trying to piece everything together. Because you're right, yeah. Going from fucking Michael Fassbender to, you know, Ian McKill, like it really does. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any it's sense. pretty funny because they're basically like nine years out from uh-huh. that, you know movie from the early two thousands. So, but yeah, no, it's an alternate timeline. People, it's not that hard to wrap your head around. No, so. I feel bad for the people that were leaving my theater, and I could hear them talking about like, "Oh, what does this mean for the future of X Men?" Oh, because yeah, don't casual know. fans might yeah. not know, right? Mm-hmm. People who don't have podcasts and have to talk about it every week yeah. might not understand that. <laughs> no, this is it. That's all. That's what you're getting. You know? Yeah, and they even tried, they like, oh, here's the Phoenix in the sky afterwards. And like, no, it doesn't matter. That's that's the only reason. I'm like, man, this was really written for another film to come out next after it, wasn't it? But they had to know. Yes. Like, so they're like, we're going to produce this film like, you know, like we don't, we, we just don't know that, you know, Disney is about to own our asses. Like, do you think they went through that mindset? We're not going to worry about that. We're just going to tell our story and act like the franchise is going to move on. I guess. Because that's really what it felt like. But this would have like been the death of the franchise. This would. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Because Age of Apocalypse could have, you know, it could have gone away at that point, you know. Which is disappointing because First Class, I feel like, is a great movie. Mm-hmm. I really like Days of Futures Past, um, you know. But then, yeah, Age of Apocalypse, I don't know what the fuck. What happened there? So, and then it doesn't even know its own continuity. It's like Gene had the Phoenix Force at the end of Age of Apocalypse. So, okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> so I give it one star. Stay the fuck away from this movie. Christian gives it two star. I feel like it's a pity two stars, but whatever. Um, I'm gonna say it's been in bed. I'm gonna say it's been in bed. It didn't hit Venom for me. Yeah, I'm. I just. I think the performance probably say like once again it, it's not the actor's fault, mm-hmm. you know, and that you don't get to say that much, but this was not the actor's fault because you could tell they're trying. My only know? other gripe was that Jessica Chastain's character should have just been like the phoenix in her mind, as as we had like thought she could have been. What do you mean? Like originally, I thought her whole point in the film was going to be like, oh, it's the phoenix embodiment there beside her, constantly twisting her mind. Uh-huh. You know, instead of being this separate side villain and have made her more of the villain of the film. Because there's never a point where I care about anything that she's doing in that film. No. Like, I, like I, don't, I didn't understand her motives. The whole you alien know? race, I just I could care The less. alien race just didn't do anything for me. They never felt like a true threat. They mm-hmm. just felt like, you know, they're cannon fodder, um, you know, for the X-Men. To deal with their own. Do you think they were going to be the scrolls? That was the whole angle that they there were was doing? something with the, the this whole conclusion where they were supposed to end up at the UN for a final battle, and then like the like people at the UN were going to turn to scrolls, battling like the aliens. I mean, it sounds like it was a hot mess of a finish anyway. Like huh. the finale, they like would like just introduce scrolls at the end of the film, but maybe they thought there was a future for the franchise at that point, and it could tie into the Fantastic Four, I guess, maybe. Um, so, cause I don't know, like when them, them saying like the Fantastic Four was supposed to be a part of this at one point. Um, I don't know how so I could write all these them. ideas down that they had, put them in a trash can. Yes. And burn it. Yes. And, <laughs> and walk away. Yes. So I, I don't even see him even coming close to this, you know, all right, all right, piece all right. of garbage. All right, so, we gotta move on. <laughs> <laughs> I got another thing to say. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
All right, Christian, before I have an aneurysm, let's move on to wrestling. All right. Do you like professional wrestling, movies, sports, pop culture? Do you want to hear three wacky guys talk about any and all combinations of any of these things? Well, View From the Top Rope is the podcast for you. Releasing weekly on Thursdays, Diesel, JR, and myself, Chad, answer any and all questions from our amazing high flyers. Listen to View From the Top Rope only on the Visionaries Wrestling Network across iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and multiple others. View From the Top Rope, your favorite podcast, favorite podcast. I bring a message from Cincinnati, Ohio. John Moxley, international purveyor of violence, gentlemen, and all around sick son of a bitch, John Moxley wants in the G1. Damon hates wrestling. So, Damon, it was Dominion this week, but first let's talk a little bit about WWE. Do we have to? Well, whatever happened, man, because I didn't watch it, but you no, probably did. No. Well, oh, you're talking about Raw and so because I did not watch the Super Show. I heard about the Super Show, though. Did you hear about the Super Show? I heard about the Super Show. There was a lot I of... I saw some gifts. Yes. Um, <laughs> of old men getting dropped yeah, on their heads. Jesus Christ. So WWE really needs to... One, <laughs> why would you book Goldberg and Undertaker in an eight-minute match? And apparently it was actually supposed to be longer than eight minutes. It was actually supposed to be like 15 to 20. Reports are saying, what are you thinking? They're both in their 50s. And then, I mean, Goldberg's never, even in his prime, could mm-hmm. work that long of a match. But, like, they got to get better with their fucking concussion protocol. Because fucking Goldberg was completely, I guess, out on his feet. And they went on with the match. I mean, they really have to fucking hamper down on that because they could. I mean, it it got ugly uh-huh. in the ring quickly, where it looked like fucking. I mean, Undertaker gets dropped on his head eventually when Goldberg tries to do a jackhammer. So and I get. I mean, I it's I supposedly it's supposed to be up to the fucking refs to make that call, but are you gonna make that call against Undertaker and Goldberg? You know, are you going to be the person? It's got to be Vince. Yeah. You know, they've got to say, hey, you know what? Let's go home. You know, right when he fucking knocked himself silly, I guess he ran into the ring post or something like an idiot. You know, I mean, this is the same guy who fucking bashed his head against the locker before coming out and, you know, busted himself open. Mm. So he ran into the ring post head first, slammed and bust himself open, knocked himself silly, you know, and then could barely continue. So there's, like, uh, footage of him, like, collapsing afterwards in the match. You know, I mean, that, I mean, it's scary. We know a lot about concussions yes. now where it's like, come on. They, this is the same company, too, that, like, tried to stop. Uh, Daniel Bryan got a stinger in the ring. Mm. And they shut down the match. And they should have, you know, even though he was pissed off and everything. But I remember them taking a lot of grief of that, you know, about that at the time. Um, like, Daniel Bryan actually wants to fight Triple H, apparently. Like, if you were going to make that call, which was the right call, you know, regardless of, you know, our entertainment and everything, that's the right call for those guys. Why wouldn't you fucking shut it down here? And I understand it was the main event. I mean, they had no business being in the main event, but I I get it. But come on, man. You got to be smarter than that. Because, yeah, someone could break their fucking neck, you know? That's going to look a lot worse optically, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, 
optics wise if someone dies in the ring because you're not willing to It'd fucking be very call ironic off them. if Undertaker died in the ring <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's it who would. I am but let's you think they just do a coffin match like right then and there <laughs> like they go right into a casket match <laughs> that's horrible anyway Christian <laughs> you sick fuck uh, but yes, no. Well, hey, was there anything else that happened this week outside of that no, shitty show? No, basically we're going to get a rehash of the Super Show for Stomping Grounds. Awesome. Where it's all rematches of matches that we didn't want to see in the first place. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was what I've been complaining about with the Super Shows from the get-go last year was it was basically destroying momentum on the main shows. And that's what's happening here. Storyline-wise, the momentum gets completely crushed because they have to fucking promote this super show that is a glorified house show. It just doesn't matter. And they book it that way. So you're not invested at all. And like f- for us, it's a principle just not to watch the mm. show just because it's gross and we don't want anything to do with it. Um, and I think they realize that this is a point because they're booking it where it just doesn't matter. You know? So, but then you, you, it's like it makes them so much money that it doesn't matter. It and I guess that's that's the truth of the matter. Unfortunately, you know they're getting a ridiculous payday out of it, Um, and I think it's like a ten year contract or something. Mm -hmm. So we've got ten years of this. They just need to stop promoting these, you know, during the actual like Raw and SmackDown events, and like just have it be a televised, you know, Mm -hmm. you know house show. Because they've done that in the past where they've done like, you know, little tributes to like, I think they did a, a Starcade one or I think it was some WCW show. Was like they've done a lot of Japan shows like that You know, too. where it's like, okay, we're going to put this on the network, but, you know, it, it has nothing to do with the storyline. They used to do it back in the day when they would go, they had this UK only uh, pay-per-views, hmm. you know, where they didn't really promote it during the week, but it was something that was there, um, you know, and it didn't affect the storylines. It was a glorified house show. If they treated that way, it'd be fine, but, I mean, it's such a detriment to, you know... The booking right now that it, like once again like yeah you probably over the weekend you probably would get these matches and everything at a house show mm-hmm. but it's not like it mattered it's not in continuity if you will where now it's like okay well Dolph already lost his match on the super show so why the fuck do I want to see him wrestle on stomping ground against Kofi why does he get another opportunity yeah it doesn't make any sense <laughs> You know, um, same with uh, fucking uh, Lesnar didn't cash in again, apparently. So um, Corbin lost his match, but he gets a fucking rematch at the Mm -hmm. Super Shows or uh, Stomping Ground. So it doesn't matter. You know, it just doesn't matter. I mean, they already have a hard enough time booking a regular pay-per-view, let alone two in a month. So, um, but yeah, no, the, the Raw and SmackDown were completely forgettable, except for uh, Bray Wyatt, you know, Firefly. Funhouse, which just are stealing the show. This one was a little bit more simple. Yes, time. but they're, it's still better than anything mm. else on the fucking show. Um, you know, they're so smart and everything, so creative that I my fear is like, you know, I need to see him get in the ring at some point. You know, and just once again, like transitioning that character into the ring and how that's going to translate mm-hmm. into, you know, wrestling. I mean, how would you book him? You know, as a as an actual wrestler, like someone in a match, like how do you book what we're seeing right now in Firefly Funhouse? You know, in the ring. I guess you. Because I mean, ring my wise, I'm just worried he's gonna. Co- it's just gonna like okay. Once he starts wrestling, 
all this is going to go out the window. I'm hoping that it continues to be bits going on, and then when he comes to the ring, it's only the fiend. That Do you think it. it's just going to be the fiend though? Do you feel like it's going? We're going to see both characters. Do you think it's going to be like the story's good? Like I feel like it's going to be a struggle between the two. Like you're going to see this guy trying to like hold back the fiend, and then like at some point, like he just you think like pay per views, you know. Um, you know, almost treat it just, like the demon, but better, you yeah. know, because the demon, I feel like they just throw in now, you know. Well, I, I meant golden age demon, yes. not yes. They do maybe now. something similar, or like you know, like the lights go off after the match, and he's got the fiend mask on, and he goes ballistic or something like that, you know, where he's just trying to fight this like inner demon, you know. Um, well, I'm waiting for superstars to actually show up in the funhouse. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, I don't know how that would work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's, like, the whole Konnichiwa uh, line in the beginning, and he's holding up the, uh, there's no existence or something like that, or no exit. Yeah. I uh, forgot what the sign all says. All you uh, will perish uh, if they exit. Exit here, yeah. and then he opens up with the Konnichiwa. I thought that was awesome, you know. Uh, to me, it's an obvious nod to, like, Dean being in Japan right ah, now. Okay. So that's where I would that's say, right, right, I might right. be reading. Because <laughs> I was like, okay. Because I feel like they're doing shit like that maybe, you know, the big guy won't necessarily understand, mm-hmm. you know, just to kind of get us, like, smarts, like, going. Um, you know, I was even looking at the sign itself because it was all different, like, colors and everything, mm-hmm. like, trying to, is there another message in that sign? So, but, I mean, it's so good. It's so layered that there could be shit like no, that. No, I did that, too. I was looking at it. I was like, yeah. all the red letters mean something? Yes. Uh, right. Batman books have been doing that lately. <laughs> So I was like, oh, there's something there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. He's been teasing online that he's coming to, soon mm. to that actual ring. Like, but I within feel like a couple weeks. Been, he's been teasing for like a year, you know, before <laughs> even the Funhouse started. So, um, but you know, it's the same with Aleister Black. Like, we haven't seen what's he's still doing his little vignettes. I, I don't know what they're going to do with him. Yeah, point. I feel like they're just. I feel like they're keeping uh, Shinsuke and uh, Rusev off camera just because they're going to feed them to Alistair when it comes. Which I mean, I'm not opposed to you know Nakamura versus you know Alistair Black. Mm-hmm. You know, if they actually put time into that and everything like that, but they won't. No, they won't. You're right. <laughs> they won't. So, but yeah, no, that's pretty much it. WWE wise. You know? Awesome. So let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, we got the big summer show for New Japan. That's uh, Dominion. Yes, yes, yes. It was a breath of fresh air. Yes. You know, we ha- I have not been keeping up with New Japan as of late, unfortunately. You know, um, but you know, I, you know, here and there, new story, a couple matches here and mm-hmm. there. That's it. So it was nice to sit down and be able to watch a whole show. So we got G one right around the corner, which is um, which is a lot right now. To yes, to think about. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being exhausted mm. just reviewing the G one last year. I cannot imagine what these wrestlers go through. No. Jesus Christ! So, but anyway, let's talk about Dominion. First off, we had John Moxley defeating Shoto Yumino. Yeah, this is pretty. I, I, you know, I figured this was going to be a complete squash match, and I wasn't wrong. I like mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, Shoto came out guns blazing, you know, before even the bell rang, you know, uh, you know, suicide dive on the outside of the ring. I enjoyed that, but then quickly it just turned to John Moxley just destroying him. And, you know, I, I like getting that taste, though, of this new style, 
you know, um, you know, he's got this whole new move set. Mm-hmm. The way he moves in the ring is different. Um, just more of an edge to the character. This is who we wanted Dean Ambrose to be. God, that know? uh, that flip suplex is just yes, brutal. Yes, <laughs> but awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've only seen the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're gonna get more. You know, new moves. I think he's like it's a work in progress with him. Um, but I'm loving everything we're seeing right now. What better place to shop new moves? Yes, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he defeats him pretty soundly. We mm. did not get like the um, like the bigger impact version of the Dirty Deeds. You know, the uh, like the Impaler basically. Yes. Um, this match, so maybe that's something he saves for bigger matches. Um, but you know, whatever. It was still it was a fun match, you know, and it was a great setup for him in New Japan, you mm-hmm. know, his character. Um, you know, what he's gonna be more like, you know, and even with AEW, I'm mm-hmm. sure he'll carry that over, the Death Rider. Um, but yeah, he gets on the mic after the match and he basically demands to be put in the G one, which is insane. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that coming mm. at all, but that's awesome. That I mean, God, what a fucking get for New Japan. So um, I don't know how that works for him schedule wise, but I guess that it goes through early August, mm. so it doesn't so really not, affect you know. him at all with AEW. He's still on um, the a Fighter Fest, Fest. Yeah. yeah. So which we found out is streaming for free. Yes, that's fantastic um where where is that where can you watch that Uh, that's gonna be on br live okay so okay so it's not gonna be on like youtube or anything like that although i'm sure it will be shortly afterwards but um yeah so that i mean uh, so i you didn't watch the press conference afterwards no i did not so (laughs) moxley grabs you know the young lion Mm. everything like that and brings him backstage with him and does the fucking press like conference with him like weekend to bernie style like it, it was it was fantastic theater it was really good stuff and this this was the character that we always wanted in the wwe mm-hmm. where you know it's more of a sick and twisted version of what we're getting you know he's not walking around with a fucking potted plant you know he's walking around with a guy's corpse basically <laughs> um you know to declaring him his like his young line and everything like that so i don't know if this is going to be something that carries through with him where he's like basically his corner guy or whatnot but it was fun to watch mm-hmm. you know it was good stuff i was like okay you know it was good shit if you <laughs> <know>. <laughs> i dug it so um but yeah uh moving on uh next up we had shingo takagi going up against um such satoshi uh, Kojima. Easy for you to say. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Um, I really enjoyed this match. Um, it, it was it was stiff. It wasn't too like exciting. It, it reminded me of most of what we would get out of an Ishii match. You know, it's two barrel chested guys exactly. beating the fuck out of each other. <laughs> um, and this is basically just setting up Shingo mm-hmm. to you know transition him into like the heavyweight you know division it feels like and after this match he declared himself for the g1 yes so that's basically the story that i was getting the announcers did a good job of like you know driving it home although they kept on talking about his super junior weight style like yeah i I had no idea it's like what it's like he I, i just don't i was like I don't see what what he's doing right now to reflect he's running, anything. Yeah, 
I, that the super junior weights like do. Like, so I don't. I was like, okay, sure. He's just clotheslining the dude over and over again, which was fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was part. Of, it was it was awesome to see in the match, and it was hard hitting. And what he was trying to get over was like he could wrestle that style, but I don't see how it reflected. You know, that's and I don't feel like he really works that style anyway. Like he can hang with those guys, mm-hmm. but I never really saw him as a super. You know, as a true super junior weight. So. He's not rolling around like Osprey, you know. It's no, no, no. But he can work. I mean, he can hang with those guys definitely. Mm-hmm. So, um, but he declared himself also for the G one. So, I mean, that's that's awesome. I mean, after his showing in the Super Junior tournament, it's only going to be bigger. Yes. The G one, I imagine yes. storyline wise. I didn't realize him. till you know he had the match with Osprey in the finals that he was undefeated mm-hmm. in New Japan. I had no clue that that was like you know one of the angles that they were working. So. No, I was so surprised to hear that as well. Yeah, I mean, and like like I said, we haven't really been keeping up with New Japan at all, you know, as of late. So, but that I mean, they've got a lot invested in him if they were, you know, giving him that hmm. that undefeated streak. So, all right, what do we got next? Uh, next up, we have a tag match between uh, Liger Yoshihashi versus Suzuki Guns uh, Minoru Suzuki and Zack Saber Jr. And this is basically just setting up Yoshihashi versus Zack Saber Jr. Yeah. For the you know his uh, British what is the belt called? The I don't remember British Heavyweight yeah. Championship or something like that. Because um, he always has a different title on it yes. every time we see him. It feels yes. <laughs> it feels like we're gonna get a. a like a legends match between Liger and Suzuki, which I'm fine with. That's cool, yeah. Yeah, and that's a, I, I like the you know having those two different styles. When is when is Liger set to retire? Is he? Did he basically yeah, announce he's leaving soon? Really? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Jesus Christ! I mean, he's going <laughs> to get Suzuki. It could be you know his next match. True. So, <laughs> um, this match was what. It just was what it was, mm-hmm. you know? It wasn't anything spectacular, you know? I don't think. I mean, for me, at least. I don't know. I mean, how did you feel about it? Yeah, it was an alright match, you know? I feel like we've seen this match before. Yeah. You know? I just feel like Suzuki gets kind of thrown into these matches. I hope that, you know, his feud with Liger goes a little longer. Like, they give it time and everything. Mm-hmm. You know? Because what was it... Uh, Russell Kingdom, he wasn't even on the main card. No, I think, yeah, he was... He was just in the Battle Royal, mm-hmm. which is just ridiculous to me. So, but I don't know. Maybe they just had... I mean, they have so much talent that, you know, they they did what they had to do, I guess. But, I mean, we've also heard that they're going to go two nights with Russell Kingdom yeah. now because of that. So, all right, what do we got next? Uh, next up, we have Taguchi Japan's uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Juice Robinson, and Taguchi himself... Going up against Bullet Clubs, Jay White, Chase Owens, you know, the crown jewel, and uh, Taji Ishimori. <laughs> uh, Uncle Chase. Once again, good showing. He's solid, man. You know? I mean, regardless how we... <laughs> we love to joke about <laughs> Chase. It's just his fucking name. Yes. Yes. But he's solid. He's a good worker. But yeah. Um, he just feels like like Uncle Chase. You know? Like, what are you doing here, man? You wrestle? Like, yeah. But yeah. Uh... This was just a match for me. It didn't really do much. Um, you know, especially, like, the end of it. Like, I feel like Tanahashi kind of fucked up his finisher at the end. Mm. Um, which kind of just, I don't know, it made it fall flat a little. So he feels like he's still, like, working with an injury right now. And I don't know the full story of that. Um, but it just, he didn't feel like himself. 
at all. Um, Juice, I'm, I'm interested to see what they're doing with him as a character because he was just, he wasn't himself. And, you know, the announcers were quick to point that out right away. You know, I mean, we, he showed up for that match with Moxley by cutting his dreads and everything. And I guess we're seeing this more serious side of Juice. Um, I don't know how that's going to develop further, though. I feel like we're going to see like the culmination of that during the G1. And maybe even him retaining the title by the end. Because I don't imagine... Um, Dean sticking Dean, around. Or, or, sorry, Moxley. Moxley, that's going to be hard. <laughs> winning G1 or getting like extremely far. So do you think Juice gets a win over him and then basically gets a rematch? Yeah, at maybe like the finals. Yeah. And maybe Juice has like a really good showing at G1. Because mm-hmm. you remember last year, he went on a quite a losing streak yeah. in the beginning of the G1, you know, and had to like really redeem himself mm-hmm. at the end. And he had the U.S. title at that point, too. So, um, yeah, well, it'll be interesting. I mean, they book the fucking, you know, the, the long-term storytelling. They really do book to that. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, what do we got next, Christian? Uh, next we have Ishii going up against Taichi. Damon's favorite New Japan wrestler. I hate Tai Chi. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> this is a good match. I can't fucking mm, complain about it. Was it was solid. I like the whole spot he with He knows Ishii. what he's doing in the ring. I just mm. hate the fucking character. Like, and I guess that's a point, but I don't know. I feel like it's just It's such a like anime style villain. Um, um, I, I dig it. <laughs> it just, I feel like he, he could do the lip syncing a little better. You yeah. know, maybe if it was more spot on, then I could get into him. <laughs> Like, I feel like he doesn't believe the in the gimmick. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's just kind of going through the motions. But this was still a fucking solid match. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, we've seen better. I feel like I've seen better out of Ishii, but, you know, it, it was what it was. So, um, you know, still better than anything we're getting, you know, in North America right now. Yes. So, um, all right. What do we got? We got Gorillas of Destiny uh, going against... L-I-J. Yes. So have they just run out of tag teams? Because <laughs> I feel like I've seen this match like multiple times in the last Yeah, year. where's some uh, Rapunky 3K? Where's, you know... Um... Well, they're they're in the fucking uh, the junior heavyweight division, though. Yeah. They don't wrestle the heavyweights. But I'm still... You can... They don't move up. You remember Young Bucks thing? They 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 are very true to their divisions. True, but they, they didn't even have a match on them. this card. No, I agree. I agree. We could have seen a match. Yeah, yeah. The, I guess. Yeah, the junior uh, tag belts didn't get represented at all. Mm. Um, but they need to develop more tag teams. It seems like because I was trying to think of other tag teams that they mm-hmm. have. So I mean, I guess you could throw. You know, well, I guess it's Bullet Club though. So you're not going to throw any in the Bullet Club. You know, you either throw them. Bullet Club or Taguchi Japan in this match. You know? Does chaos? Who's chaos? Is but uh, chaos is all falling apart though. There's still a thing seen. though, right? Who's who's left? I don't know, but I mean, Rapungi Three K is part of chaos, mm-hmm. but they're not going to. They're juniors. Know. Yeah. Um. You have uh is. I think Goto is still part of it. Not the, uh, not Gota or something. There's too many people with Goto. <laughs> yes, it is hard. <laughs> Forgive us, but I mean this match was good. Don't get me wrong, but they need to put together more mm. tag teams. Yeah, this definitely wasn't my like favorite match of theirs. No, no, but I still all. loved everything we got. Out of it of does feel like they're teasing Sonata Levy. I did feel like, you know, they had Sonata leave at the end on his own. Seems like he's a little more cocky and everything. I know he had that great showing, um, you know, a couple months back. 
So it feels like he's more confident in coming into his mm-hmm. own as a character, but I also feel like that's part of the storyline with him too. Um, you know, just the way he treated, you know, evil at the end where he could just kind of like walked away from him and didn't leave, you know, um, with him, you know, didn't even help him up. So that was interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if, you know, Sonata's on his way out with LIJ. Um, I hope not. I kind of like him part of the team, but I would rather see him do single stuff at this point. Yeah. But to, I mean, for him, if they're going to push him, you know, for, you know, the heavyweight belts, does it make sense for him to be part of LIJ at this point? Because it really comes into like, you can't know. can't break up LIJ, Jay. I'm, I'm not, he, he can leave. LIJ. It's still Shingo. I mean, you know, Hiramu's on his way back, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Supposedly. Well, Maybe we'll during the um, Super Junior uh, next tournament. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. So, I mean, I just want him to be healthy. That's all I want. <laughs> uh, but, all right. So, then we have... Oh, and then for me, this was the match of the night. Will Ospreay versus Dragon Lee for mm. the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. Oh, this is a really crazy fucking match. <laughs> this is a damn good match. Yes. I love Will Ospreay. But this also really gave me a lot. Like, I... I like, I, I enjoy Dragon Lee, mm-hmm. though, but I really felt like this shined a good spotlight on him, too. So, um, this was intense, great spots. They've got great chemistry in the ring. They really do. Uh, but, yeah, this was, I mean, I it, there's multiple times that I thought Dragon Lee was going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which is what you want. I think Osprey's... Because like, booking-wise, it feels like, oh, yeah, Osprey's going to win this match. <laughs> I feel but, like Osprey's timing has just improved each time we've seen him which is insane because he had great timing you know from the get-go so but yeah no he's able to change his pace up he's able to like do slow traditional wrestling on top of his crazy antics and i think that's great he's also selling a lot more too you know which he was yelling less (laughs) where you can sell without yelling Selling doesn't have to equate to yelling like you. I didn't before. notice until he started doing it. I was like, "Oh, he's screaming!" Uh huh. Right. <laughs> um, that fucking suicide dive that uh, uh, Dragon Lee did. Yeah, it was that beautiful. Sp- it was like a bullet. It was insane. <laughs> <laughs> Through the ropes. Yes. Yes. Um, but God, yeah, no, he's uh, Osprey is so fucking fluid. He's next level. I mean, I feel like it's only a matter of time before they start pushing him for the mm-hmm. fucking main title. Yeah, I feel like he's got a year or two, and then he's going to own that company. I really do feel like. And they're kind of setting him up, I feel like, storyline-wise for that. So I feel like he's, like, their next big, like, Gaijin-like talent. So, um, you know, and he's he's commented, I guess, on the um, presser after um, the uh, Super J Cup. He was talking about, like, he's he's moved to Japan now, too. Oh, okay. Which they love. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like... He's home. He's there to stay now. So I, I, it definitely feels like he's going to be pushed to the moon at this point. And rightfully so. Hmm. I mean, he's next level. He is. So, um, but yeah, fantastic match. I mean, for me, match of the night. Um, but yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we have my match of the night, which was Naito versus Ubushi, And maybe one of my matches of the year. This was a damn good match. Yes. I want them to stop dropping each other on their head. Though. No. <laughs> Fuck it, man. No. Who cares about concussions? I don't want to see anyone die. Koda's going to kill himself. It yes, just but seems like he's doing that. Yes, that's my problem, though. 
Like, I don't feel like they need to do that. I felt like the match could go without mm. that. The, the spot that we're talking about is the spot that everyone's seen at this point. He could point. just hit his shoulder. <sighs> Dude. It was ridiculous. You know, I mean, you don't need to do that. The mm. match didn't need it. You know, it didn't need it. It was fine on its own. And I get, like, that was the whole premise of the match was them trying to break each other's fucking neck. And it's fine. There's a way to do that where you don't need to do the crazy spot where you land on your fucking head. Especially after what happened with fucking Hiramu. Like, just last year. Mm -hmm. So I just, I I wish they would get away from that. That's it. I mean, Bushi himself has had multiple concussions in the last few years. (laughs) Yes. Stop landing on your fucking head. So I, I just, I, I, I get it. I understand. Like, it's just what pops the crowd, but it's not worth it, man. And I, it terrifies me that, I mean, that thing was brutal, man. That was brutal. It was so fast. Too. It was. Like, it even was. like, I knew it was coming and I still was like in total shock. Yes. Yes. Because the angle, especially in the replay, when they show like how his head hit, I was like, oh my God, how is he alive? You know, um, yeah, and we've just seen too many accidents over the last couple of years, you know, in mm-hmm. the ring and shit. I mean, you look at uh, Silver King uh, over the past uh, month passed away in the ring. Mm. So I, it was nothing, be- it wasn't because of a fucking spot like this, but I mean, it's scary to think. I mean, Mysterio had that match against, some, you remember this like four or five years ago, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like he's, the, his opponent passed away in the ring. Yeah. He just fell the wrong way on the turnbuckle. You know, nothing like this. So, and I get it. My my thing, too, is, you know, he's built, obviously, where he can take shit like this. But there's other wrestlers who can't. And I'm I'm scared that they're going to inspire, mm. you know, another generation of wrestlers where they think that's a high spot to land on your fucking head. <laughs> you know, and it just, it, it, we don't need it. You know? It was still a good match, David. Oh, it was a fantastic match. <laughs> don't get me wrong. It's just that spot uh, almost downgraded it for me gotcha. because I was like, it, it's too much. It's too much. You could have a fantastic match without that spot. You know? Marks is so. taking that spot in G1. What was that? Marks is going to take no, that spot in G1. That spot Absolutely. is way too smart. So, I mean, awesome match. I mean, those guys. Uh, I think my favorite Destino that I've ever seen hit by Naito. Oh, which one? The, uh, both. Both. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed this, the first one, which I thought was going to end up, but then the the at the end of the match was fantastic. So, um, just super fluid. Because sometimes, you know, he hits it and it's kind of, you know, I don't know. It the does, guy's not lifting. Him. It's not. It's yes, not exactly. It's not as fluid mm-hmm. as it can be, but both of them were so smooth. Yes. Um, and these guys, they just have so much chemistry in the ring together. And I love it because it does feel like they're trying to kill each other, but they can do that without actually <laughs> killing each other. <laughs> I love that. Um, it's supposed to be fake. Well, for some reason, <laughs> for the first half of the match, Nido ate that shit up with the crowd booing him. Yes, yes. And they have a history they, with mm-hmm. that audience and everything. So that was cool. And the, the commentators did a great job of explaining that history and everything. So I, I liked that a lot. Um, but yeah, no, he did a great job. Because they were like, they turned on him and then they were with him again. It was going back and forth. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. I, I dug that. And I love Nido when he's just being a nasty heel. So, but yeah, just... Don't don't die in the ring, Ibushi. That's all I want, you know, for him. You know, it's just, ah, Jesus Christ. Make it back to Kenny. 
So and listen, I'm an ECW guy, right? I watch guys <laughs> smash each other in the fucking head over and over. Fucking uh, Mike Awesome and Tanahashi fucking killing each other in the head, you know, with a chair in the middle of the ring. That was the whole match, just taking chair shots unprotected. But like seeing the effects of that years later on these mm-hmm. guys, how many of those people aren't here anymore? You know, because of that downward spiral health wise, what that causes. I don't need to see it anymore. I know I sound like an old man, but <laughs> it's terrifying. You know, um, and I'm just worried about inspiring just like a next generation wrestler where that is just another high spot. Mm. It's like, no, dude, don't land on your head. <laughs> don't land on your head. And then we got the opposite of this match. Next match. Yes. And like, here's another. You know, just another argument towards not landing on your head. Okada. Wouldn't you say Okada's, like, probably top three wrestlers in the world right now? Yeah. Do you ever see him do a spot like that? He would consider it. Mm, I don't think so. No, I'd not see him taking that spot. So you just, I don't feel like you need it. So, but that's just me. And Kona's just a fucking madman. He is a madman. He's don't want always him, been that way. I don't way. want him to die. <laughs> I don't want him to die either. But if I've he, seen him land eyes, but not like this. This was this, this spot in particular was just too much. <laughs> so maybe I'm still pissed off about Dark Phoenix. <laughs> so okay, but Okada versus Jericho. What were your thoughts on the match? You know, um, I. A lot of people were bashing all over this match. I thought it was a very well-paced match. I enjoyed, um, you know, everything that Okada and Jericho were doing. It looked like Okada was, like, going off the hinges towards the end, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, He was finally, like, cracking under um, all the pressure and madness that comes with Jericho. Yes, and I I feel like it made sense for Jericho's new style. That, Mm. you know, it's basically... He's a brawler now, and that's how he's going. He's going to take a fight to you, and it made sense storyline wise, you know, and his style wise to you know, have a match like this where Okada has to answer, you know, Jericho's, mm-hmm. you know, just you know his, you know, you know, Smash Mouth style now, um, which I felt like worked um, story wise in the ring. So I didn't really have a problem with the match itself. I don't think it was as good as other matches that Jericho's had. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what, for me, if I had to give it a critique was I didn't like the finish of the match and I understand why they did the finish that they did. I think it was the execution of the finish, you know, like where it was so just out of nowhere, but it was so kind of sloppy that it just, Mm -hmm. you know, it just kind of slowly happened. It was a weak finish and it could have been like after a strain of them doing like quick finishers or something, there was where they a better, just call yes, each other. There was a better way to get to mm-hmm. that point where it could have been out of nowhere. It could have been fast because it kind of just like Okada just sat on him, and there was this one, two, three. It mm-hmm. felt like he had more of an opportunity to kick out at that point. Um, so I think that really kind of I don't know, I don't know, shined kind of like a, I feel like it downgraded a lot in a lot of people's minds because of that finish so um but yeah overall i thought the match itself was fine mm-hmm. you know it wasn't great it was it was still no, it wasn't match. like one of their instant classics but it was, no it's definitely an enjoyable match no absolutely so um i think too i mean the fans 
you know, in the audience really turned on it when they realized that Okada wasn't going to do his speech mm-hmm. at the end. You know, so since it's such a tradition at this point and everything like that. Um, but, I mean, storyline, it makes sense for what they're trying to go for. Yeah. They're trying to set up a match between Jericho and Tanahashi. So you have, you know, Jericho taking out Okada afterwards. He still looks strong, even though he lost. And then you have Tanahashi coming out and saving Okada, you know, setting up that match for the future. But then at the same time, I feel like it still leaves a little something for Okada and Jericho. If they ever want to, like, revisit that where, you know, you just stole one, you know, where, you know, we still have unfinished business. So, um, you know, I, I... I'm intrigued by the idea of Jericho and Tanahashi. I just hope we get a healthy Tanahashi at this point. So, and I feel like if Tanahashi had a better showing the last couple, you know, weeks, mm-hmm. I'd be more excited for that face-off. But, you know, right now, I don't know. It, it, like I said, it feels like he's still working hurt. So I hope that this match happens later on down the line. You know, um, not necessarily during, like, the G1 at some point. So... I could see it being like during the finals or something. I could see that's what is that in August? Yeah. So that gives them some time to like, you know, get help. Hmm. So, um, yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I still like I, I enjoyed the match. I did enjoy the match. So um but yeah, no, that crowd did fucking start booing the shit out of them. Once they realized <laughs> that they weren't coming back uh-huh. out, I was like, Oh shit. That's the thing, huh? That's the angriest I've ever you know, it's seen. It's like back like, in the eighties, like if Hogan didn't pose or something like mm. that at the end of like a WrestleMania. So, um, but yeah, man, I guess sort of like you can't have Okada come back after he fucking just no. got his ass kicked like that. So I don't know. I don't know. Um but yeah, yeah. Uh over oh, we didn't talk about fucking uh uh Kenta. Oh yes. We forgot about Kenta show. So, yes, um, between one of the matches, um, um, Shibata comes out and pretty much... a huge pop. Huge pop, because everyone fucking loves Shibata. Mm -hmm. I wish he'd never been injured. But (laughs) uh, he brings out Kenta, who announces himself to be in the G1. Which is a big fucking deal. Mm -hmm. Because there's that whole, like, brand loyalty thing over Japan, which I don't necessarily understand, because Kenta's a Noah guy. So the fact that he's, you know, walking on, you know, to mm-hmm. New Japan show is huge. So, because people were, like, it, it was slow, too. Like, once they realized, you know, like, Kenta was there. Like, you could hear the crowd react, like, in waves, almost. Um, but it was huge. Um, but, yeah, Kenta in the G1. Um, that's awesome, man. He's going to kick the shit out of people. I know. He's going to be fucking... <laughs> He's going to be out for blood. Uh-huh. You know, he wants you to forget anything about NXT. He has like been so like, controlled for the last five years. Yes. It's, it's awesome, man. G1, once again, mm-hmm. is... I mean, I enjoyed the shit out of G1 last year, even though it was exhausting <laughs> to cover. But I'm, once again, super fucking excited no, for this. This feels this like year. nothing but must-see matches. Yes. Absolutely. And you've got like new ingredients in the mix and everything mm-hmm. like that. I mean, just matches that you would never thought you would see, you know, um, in New Japan. You know, I mean, with Moxley alone. Yes. So, um, you know, I, I, especially right now where I'm at with WWE, I mean, this couldn't get here any sooner. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, hopefully it, it'll just, that high from it will last the whole summer. So, um, and then we got AEW right around the corner. 
you know, we've got uh, All Out coming up. Tickets actually are on sale right now as the show is airing <laughs> on Friday. So Probably sold out by now, by the time the episode probably. comes out. Probably. I'll be interested to see. I, I'm sure it is, especially <laughs> Chicago. So I just want to see how quickly it sells out. Um, yeah, man, it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. Yes. Believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> just not a WWE fan. Um, Surprisingly. Yeah, but I mean, we're in a great... You know, point in history with wrestling where there's so many options mm. right now. You know, if WWE was having, you know, a bad year, you know, just like five, six years ago, you're just out of luck, man. You know, that's pretty much how it was. Unless you could fucking get yourself to a bunch of indie shows, you mm-hmm. were shit out of luck. So now, you know, having New Japan and having their streaming service and you know, with AEW, you know, actually giving us a true, like, alternative to what WWE is doing. I mean, it's a great time to be a fan. So, yay us. Uh, and did you notice that um, Del Rio was making his own? Yes, he's going he's gonna to have his own federation yes. along with Chavo Guerrero. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Mm-hmm. I mean, Del Rio seems like he's a little nuts at times <laughs> so we'll see where this all leads to i mean they had an interesting roster mm-hmm. um you know I, the lucha bros were a part of that yes so. i was surprised uh, i didn't know carlito was still wrestling yeah no he is he is he's just wrestling <laughs> for his dad so um yeah no i that that's interesting we'll see what happens he mm-hmm. supposedly has a tv deal in the works in mexico too so like i said it's a crazy time you know crazy time um it's all about content right now and it seems like people are eating this shit up yes yeah you know? so, so renaissance yes yes just not with Vinnie mac <laughs> unfortunately unfortunately hopefully he steps up this game you know here's to hoping so all right man well that's gonna do it for this week yes well before we go we wanted to mention that dramacityproductions.com still going strong still got plenty of shows for you to check out why don't you head over there after this episode ends? Absolutely. And you know what? You can also find us on all your favorite platforms. And while you're there, iTunes, Podbean, whatever, make sure you go ahead, hit subscribe, give us five stars, and you know what? Give us a review. Show like us, we live off your feedback. It matters. I'm not sure why. <laughs> <laughs> Analytics-wise, but it does. So please hook us up. People. And we like to know what you think. We do. We do. And you know what? If you want to give us more feedback, you can go ahead and follow us on all your favorite social media platforms. Yes, we're on, on Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's right. So, you know, if you're, you know, loving the show and loving what you're hearing, go ahead. Let us know on those platforms, you know, and also give us a follow because, you know, we're constantly updating the page, mm. constantly giving you all the latest nerd news. Um, definitely a worthy follow. So. Uh, Damon, we're also constantly making sure that we're on every single platform that is available. So if you don't enjoy the platform you're on right now, get hop over to another one. We're still there. We're on every podcast app. That's right. And right now we're on one of the newest platforms, yes. Podcoin. So this is actually a pod player that pays you to listen. And right now we have a promotion with them. If you go ahead and type in Nurture, Nurture you will get 
300 coins to start off with. And with those coins, you can go ahead and you can purchase yourself a variety of different kind of gift cards. I know they've got like Amazon, Starbucks, Target, but also... Well, Damon, also you can put those coins towards charities, any charity of your choice. Yeah, I mean, it's a great, great platform. Um, new and upcoming and I mean like I said it pays you to fucking listen. Exactly. I mean what else do you want? So go ahead and check out Podcorn. Well Damon, maybe they'll also want some sweet nerd merch that they could pick up at ProWrestlingTees.com and or Public. Uh, we do right. have merch on both stores but definitely go over to Pro Wrestling Tees today get yourself an amazing nerd show t-shirt. Yes, yes. They always have great deals over there um, and you know rep uh, some nerd merch and help support the show. Hell yeah. Um, Damon, what kind of music are they listening to today? You are listening to our house DJ Greg Brubner. You can check him out over on SoundCloud. Download some free music. I think actually this song you're listening to right now is up there. Um, and go ahead and give him a follow on Instagram. Yes, and then at the start of the show we had Them Guilty Aces, a great rockabilly band. You can check them out on iTunes and you can also check out their music videos on YouTube. Some great ass music videos. Yes, yes. And they, if you live in the Chicagoland area, they're always playing a show every weekend. Yes. So go ahead and check them out. Well, David, what are we going to be talking about next week? Well, I think we're going to be hopefully talking some Jessica Jones yes. final season. And then I believe you're going to go see Men in Black. Yeah, most definitely. I think I'll see it over the weekend. You know, right. get that alien action in. Yeah, and whatever, you know, current nerd news is hitting, you know, the interweb yes. at the time, you know, we'll cover it. So, until then. Until then. My name's Christian. And my name's Damon. And that's The Amazing Nerd Show. Or you could accept the fact that this city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Yes. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Enough, I get the point.